0: I'm so pretty. Oh man, I'm just saying. We got the one and only pretty Tony Winners coming on the show today. That's right. That's right. It's so
1: funny that he references Muhammad Ali and then he talks about meeting Mike Tyson. Exactly. This guy's been just like everywhere, right? And finally we have a guest on that's uh, old enough like me that he gets all my references exactly
0: <laughs> it's so good man it's so good coming on to talk about his new movie coming out national champions yes championships uh, i forget which one uh, uh but it's it's so good man it's so good it's dealing with something that's so relevant in our time right now and you're definitely gonna enjoy this one. Oh yeah oh man oh man that's a little bit later on in the show now let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 181 this week, and we're super excited about it because Disney Plus Day was the other day, and man, oh man, did they release some stuff.
1: Yeah, only Disney can call it Disney Plus Day, and it's actually a week. Right, right, like a week full of stuff. Why did they do Disney Plus Day? Well, we're going to clue you in on that one, too. And it's not necessarily a good
0: reason. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's a lot happening, <laughs> like we said. But you guys know your host with the most. Myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Man, oh, man. We got Marvel news. We got Star Wars news. Barely anything else in Hollywood. But uh, we're just super excited to dive deep into this stuff. Because National Geographic, I've like, I mean, I mean, watched some of their documentaries to go to sleep. I'll admit. But, like, I actually want to watch some of the stuff they have coming to the platform. I'm so excited. Well,
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I've always liked their nature stuff. Yeah. Right? And, and boy, they've got some new stuff coming. And, and wait until we talk about it. But you're going to be like, no, no, I really got to tune in for that. I'm with you. I think it's going to be really exciting.
0: For sure. For sure. Having all the Disney people back, too. I mean, it's going to be great. It's oh, going to yeah. be great. Uh, but before we get this thing started, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyandmedia.com, or you can start rocking. The latest and greatest, crazy at Media Gear. You see us both sporting it right now. Man, oh man, Novo- November is a crazy month for merchandise promos. So be yeah. sure to follow. Crazy Ant Media and ItCalf Podcast on social media platforms to know when those social media promos are so you can get your stuff so you can put it underneath the tree.
1: Shit, Black Friday right around the corner. You know we're going to have a sale for that. For
0: sure, man. For sure. Well, first story of the week and probably one that everybody's been following for years. Everybody's been obsessed with this story for years, I should say. (laughs) Britney Spears, the hashtag Free Britney Spears is no longer an activist rally cry. Now, it's a fact. Uh, the conservatorship that, that had controlled Britney Spears' finances, personal life, and medical decisions since uh, 2008, uh, in which for many years was controlled by her father, Jamie Spears, was terminated... Uh, Yesterday, Friday, (laughs) afternoon in Los Angeles courtroom, Uh, Judge Brenda Penny said that the person and estate is no longer required, effective immediately. Montgomery added that she hoped Spears would live a safe, happy, and fulfilling life. So kudos to her. Hopefully she becomes better mentally and just overall happy so she can be that for her kids. She is a mom, so.
1: I'm just wishing her the best because I'm a little worried Yeah, just based on all the stuff she's been doing and posting lately. I'm a little worried and maybe the conservatorship. Not her family because I do think her family just like totally fucked that and was stealing her money and just going all – but maybe somebody should be looking out. I'm just saying. I I don't know. We'll see. But but she's free – and it's the right thing to do. I think the judge made the right decision. I just hope she can she can be okay. Exactly, man. Uh, all right. So now jump into the Mouse House, the ruler of all of Hollywood, as we know, until it's dethroned, which I don't think will ever happen. But they had a huge week um, with the Disney Plus Day, which was a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was not all good news, guys. The um, turbulent ride of Bob Chappick continues. No shit. Disney missed Wall Street forecasts in its fourth quarter. Disney's total revenue in the quarter ending October 2nd came in at $18.5 billion. Now, while that was up 26% compared with a year ago, obviously because of COVID, right? It was below analyst expectations with an adjusted earnings of only $0.37. Per share missing by 12 cents.
0: Oh, but I mean, streaming increasingly the center of the strategic focus of the company, everybody knows that, uh, proved a letdown in the quarter. Disney Plus missed Wall Street expectations of a million added subscribers, only adding an additional 2.1 million subscribers in the previous quarter. Uh, The slowest period of the growth since the streaming service launched about two years ago. uh, As a result, Disney stock shares dipped as low as 9%. In total, Disney Plus has 118.1 million subscribers and hopes to hit the big 230 million slash 260 million by 2024. I definitely think it's in the realm of things, but I also thought this article was funny because like, oh, they only brought in like a million point whatever subscribers when like over the past two years, they've been overperforming. Yeah. so I feel like this is okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that expectation by Wall Street was a little unrealistic. Yeah, ten million subscribers. Of of course, it looks bad when you miss that by eight million. Right, but like... I mean, still, they're at one hundred and eighteen. They're just like right around the corner from Netflix, and Netflix took over a decade to get that many. Yeah, you know what Disney Day Plus is? It, it, they're celebrating two year anniversary, guys. They've got that many just in two, two years. Like, so, okay, so the big question is right, you were supposed to get 10 million, you only got 2.1 million. Everybody's, oh my gosh, streamer, streamer, is it in trouble? Well, how do you combat the streaming slowdown, right? By having Disney Plus Day, of course, which is what they did. The week long series of promotions, events, and content premieres is obviously in full swing. It actually ends tomorrow on Sunday. It's ultimately aimed at driving up, paying subscribers. Uh, one of the deals they're offering this week, which I thought was really cool, new and eligible returning Disney Plus subscribers. Say you wanted to watch Mandalorian and then you dumped it. You might be eligible as a return, right? You can get one month of the service now for $1.99. So you can sign back up if you're new and try it out, or you can come back and get it for a buck ninety nine. That's available in the U.S. and select other countries, but not everywhere. Now, after... After the first month, it will go back up to its regular price, but guys, that's only seven ninety nine. Yeah, and if you fucking bundle it with Hulu and ESPN Plus, it's only like thirteen bucks for all three, guys. You gotta jump on that shit. The Mouse House launched a new hub at DisneyPlus.com/DisneyPlusDay, where those who qualify for the offer can sign up and find info on other Disney Plus Day events and. Promotions.
0: I mean, it's very freaking exciting, man. And as part of the Disney Plus Day celebration, yesterday the company debuted a ton of first look, exclusive footage, and new trailers. In all, more than 25 new pieces of content from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and Nat Geo, National Ge- Geographic, were revealed, including exclusive special looks from Marvel Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, like Spider-Man Freshman Year. Ooh, just more. Marvel alone, you're going to have to get a sandwich. I mean, it's, I'm just telling you. And that's what we're going to start with, the gold crown jewel
1: in the crown, you know, the prize uh, jewel in the crown, Marvel. So, Marvel Cinematic Universe fans, get this. This is really exciting. You can now see even more of the Avengers assembling on Disney+. Plus. Why? Because Disney Plus subscribers are now able to stream 13 movies, 13 Marvel movies in IMAX's expanded aspect ratio. Which actually offers up to more screen picture compared to the conventional widescreen. Now, Disney Plus is the first major streaming service to provide IMAX enhanced features for at-home viewing. The 13 titles available in the IMAX enhanced format include uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The others are Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Black Widow. Now, the launch of IMAX Enhanced on Disney Plus is timed, obviously, for this week's events of the Disney Plus Day event, marking the two-year anniversary of the launch of the streamer. So, that's badass. If you're a Marvel fan and you get to watch it in IMAX at home,
0: See, I mean, they're going above and beyond for their subscribers. This is why you should be subscribing, not a paid endorsement. Uh, Not yet, not yet. But, oh my goodness, guys, if you didn't check it out, Oh, some amazing new like tease clips and trailers dropped along with all of this other amazing mm-hmm. stuff like a new promo for Hawkeye which was absolutely badass set in a post blip New York City Clint Barton aka Hawkeye has seemingly simple has a seemingly simple mission to get back to his family for Christmas but when a threat from his past shows up Hawkeye reluctantly teams up with a 22 year old skilled archer uh, who we all know as Kate Bishop to unravel a criminal conspiracy. The series will premiere on November 24th, just around the corner, 2021 on Disney Plus and man oh man, I feel like this one is going to get you in the mood for the holidays cuz it's set around Christmas time. So I'm pumped.
1: Oh my gosh, and this trailer had it th- Honestly, it's Jeremy and Haley at their absolute best. Yes. Their back and forth chemistry was just amazing. The, the, I love the part about the car. Yes. No, no, we got to take the old classic car and the old guy's like, fuck that. Let's get the tank, the big old Lincoln and shit. Just that and the jokes about the weapons and uh, yeah, I just all of it, guys. If you missed it, you definitely got to check that out. I'm, I'm excited to tell Me about Me too. And
0: one. I mean if you guys haven't watched the trailer, I mean all you camera guys out there, the freaking 360 panorama oh that's gosh, in the yeah. car, absolutely cinematic beautifulness. I'm yes. just letting you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. This
1: is going to be a huge series. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we also got a first look at Moon Knight, the new globe-trotting action adventure series starring, as we've told you, Oscar Isaac as a complex vigilante who suffers from dissociative identity disorder. The multiple identities who live inside him find themselves thrust into a deadly war of the gods against the backdrop of modern and ancient Egypt. Now, Moon Knight is directed by executive producer Mohamed Diab, Jeremy Slater is the head writer, This is set to premiere in 2022, so some point next year. Um, But the little glimpse that we got, the little trailer, looked scary as hell. It looks very dark and mystic and just like, I think this is, and you get a ton tiny glimpse of him in the costume. Just
0: yeah, just a tiny, teeny, tiny glimpse. bit. Um, but it was exciting as hell. I'm, I'm super pumped about this one too. Agreed, man. Agreed. I think that one's going to have a lot to do with mental health, I think. I think so too. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also got a first look at She-Hulk, a.k.a. Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. Tatiana as yes. uh, the lawyer who specializes in superhuman oriented legal cases. She-Hulk will welcome a host of Marvel characters to the series, including Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo, and the Abomination and Tim Routh, uh, the new comedy series is coming to Disney Plus in 2022.
1: Okay, now, I have so, first of all, huge kudos and props from this old guy to the creators of that show for the nice kickback throwback homage to the original Bill Bixby Lou Ferrigno series. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a great little thing in there where she says, "There," turns to the camera, and Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner is addressed as Bill Bixby's Bruce Banner, uh, and it's it's a play on Mr. McGee and him like, "Don't make me angry. Yeah. You wouldn't like me very much when I'm angry." Well fucking done. That's beautiful. But I have questions about this. We, you just said that Hawkeye was pre, uh, post-Blip. Yep. When does She-Hulk take place? I'm confused because we saw at the end of Shang-Chi, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, what the fuck, um, <laughs> there's no more Smart Hulk. He was back to Bruce Banner. His arm is in a sling because remember when he tried to do the snap, it fucked up and ruined his arm, right? But in the little preview that we saw for She-Hulk, He's still Smart Hulk, and there's no sling. His arm is fine. I'm so fucking confused. So does that mean it's after Infinity War but pre-Endgame? Right. And if it is pre-Endgame and he gave her the juice and she's She-Hulk... Where the fuck was she for Endgame? Exactly. You you, you just gonna get some power from the cuz and then not show up to fight? Like what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so I have questions. When does it take place? If anybody knows, tell us. Exactly. I'd like to know
0: for sure, man. But it's
1: a great one. you see her green, you see her all good. I mean, it looks fucking epic.
0: It so. really does,
1: man. Uh, yeah, okay. A sneak peek. I got so excited about She-Hulk, I forgot. We also got a sneak peek at Miss Marvel, who also was unveiled. We did see her in costume, sort of. If you haven't seen it, I'll tell you why. Kamala Khan, a 16-year-old Pakistani-American from Jersey City, an inspiring artist, an avid gamer, and a voracious fan fiction scribe. She's a huge fan of the Avengers... Captain Marvel. Yes. Duh. <laughs> um, but Kamala has always struggled to find her place in the world. That is, until she gets superpowers of her own, like the heroes she's always looked up to. Amon Vanelli stars as Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel. The series is also set to premiere in the summer of 2022. Now, I teased costume because. In the, in the little preview that we kind of see and everything, she's wearing a, like a Halloween Miss uh, Captain Marvel yeah. costume. So, you know, we don't actually see the Miss Marvel costume, although there's been a shit ton of leaked photos if you haven't seen it. They look pretty badass. But in this footage that we see her in, which, by the way, was awesome footage, it's like a Halloween Captain Marvel costume. So, kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, man. I think it's going to be really good. I think so, too. I really do. And with all these new shows coming out, they're setting up other things beyond these new shows that we haven't seen yet. And, for example, we're going to be bouncing back and forth because there's a lot happening. Oh yeah, Marvel is so genius. Uh, Marvel Studios announced new projects and unveiled logos for feature series, including Echo, a series starring Aqua Cox as Maya Lopez, who will be introduced in Hawkeye in November. So stay tuned for yeah, that. Yeah,
1: and that could be very critical, guys, because as you guys know, if you're a comic book geek, Echo is normally, traditionally a Daredevil villain, mm. right? So there's long been rumors that Feige wants to reboot Daredevil right. with the, all the original cast. Now, we know Echo's getting her own show, but could this be a lead-in for the reboot of Daredevil finally?
2: Please. Who knows, man?
1: <laughs> who knows? Um, this next one I'm super excited about also, Ironheart, a series starring Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a genius inventor who creates the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. Now, if you guys have been paying attention to our show or any other thing out there, you'll know that she's being introduced in Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Um, So that's going to be exciting as hell. So I'm pumped for that one, too.
0: For sure, man. And one that was just recently announced probably about two or three weeks ago, and we're super surprised about it. Agatha, House of Harkness, a series that is starring Katherine Hahn, obviously, as her character from WandaVision. Jack Schaefer returns as executive producer and head writer, so it's all going to be kept in the family, same crew, all that good stuff, so I'm excited to see where they take this character.
1: Yeah, and thankfully, I think that's a brilliant move, because WandaVision was so out there and so unique. If you didn't bring back the same writer, I don't know how you do that. Right. So, good job there. Ooh, did you catch the sneak glimpse of this one? Secretive Invasion, a series starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as the scroll Talos. Characters who first met in Captain Marvel, obviously. The crossover comic event series showcases a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. Mm. Which is, is that setting up? Or are we going to find out that a bunch of these people that we've been watching over the Marvel Cinematic Universe's 11-year span now, some of them aren't really them? Right. Hmm. I mean, since
0: Captain Marvel, scrolls have not been talked about for the past two or three years so I'm I'm interested to see how they come more into play in the MCU so- and
1: remember Captain Marvel was a prequel film that was set before Iron Man yep. so scrolls have been around since before <laughs> Iron Man so we don't know who's real and who isn't we really don't what we do know though is that Fury's got a little bit different look right no eye patch and his goatee's all gray and like what what's going on how long's he been gone and does that mean the Fury that we've seen was never really him
0: right Hmm, (laughs) super excited about that one. (laughs) A lot of people talking about that one, man. And the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, a special written and directed by Guardians of the Galaxy veteran and genius, James Gunn himself brought back to the MCU, and everybody is super excited to see what he does continuing forward with these characters so I'm pumped about that one I
1: just hope it's better than the Star Wars holiday special back in the day because yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah you know yeah you know the theme song right the X-Men animated series from the 90s fucking loved it badass it was an awesome cartoon well guess what guys it's coming back with new episodes yeah wait what how are they gonna bring back a 90s show with new episodes well you call it X-Men 97 (laughs) ha! <laughs> that's the apparent goal. It's going to be an animated series that explores new stories of the iconic '90s timeline of the original series. Uh, that's going to be awesome. I'm all in for that. I fucking love that series, and I think if they're coming back with new episodes, it's going to be badass for
0: sure. Yet another one that I go to sleep to. Um, thank you, Disney Plus. What If is also coming <laughs> back for a second season. It's a fan favorite for some fans. Animated series after enlisting or enlisting uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy multi-universe uh to stop infinity ultron the watcher returns to meet new heroes and explore more strange new worlds in the mcu ever expanding multiverse so i mean there's so much happening in this show guys so there it is Yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of excited about this just to kind of see what it develops outside of the
1: what-if kind of Spider-Man in the MCU with a journey unlike we've ever seen in a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. Now, this is interesting, guys, because remember, the first time that we see Spider-Man in the MCU is in Civil War, and it reveals there that he's a sophomore in high school, right? So this is pre-him meeting you know, Iron Man and joining the MCU and all that. It's just him in his freshman year. So that's going to be really exciting exciting. I agree. And you saw in What If, whether you liked it or not, it was a great look for like Peter Parker's Spider-Man and Tom Holland's Spider-Man so I hope they at least continue with that
0: Agreed man I'm super pumped about that one because after Iron Man passes that is now my new favorite superhero <laughs> in the MCU so I'm there pumped you go. Uh, Also I Am Grouped a series of original shorts exploring baby groups glory days of growing up and getting into <laughs> trouble among the stars so I'm super pumped about that I love how they're doing shorts Disney Plus is doing this amazing things with the Simpsons as well they're creating All these like in the family Disney shorts like with Star Wars Marvel and now baby Groot like I just think it's very smart to gear it towards a younger audience and all the geeks out there we're gonna watch them too so we absolutely love them (laughs)
1: hell yeah now if you watched the first season of what if and you were a fan of the Marvel zombies episode guess what? You're going to be even more excited because apparently we're getting a whole series based on that. Marvel Zombies, an animated series from Marvel Studios that reimagines the Marvel Universe as a new generation of heroes battle against the ever-spreading zombie scourge. So, okay. All right, there I mean, eh, if you liked it, you're going to love it. And if you didn't, well, sorry, you're getting a series. <laughs> right, exactly,
0: exactly. Well, now transitioning into Star Wars, Lucas Films, Obi-Wan finally got a little tiny little... I don't. You and McGregor talking about the series, really, yes. and a little bit of uh, concept art. Um, and director Deborah Chow, who shared an exclusive look at the series behind the scenes footage and concept art. Like I said, Obi Wan Kenobi will premiere in 2022, and everybody's excited for Hayden Christensen to come back as the one and only Darth Vader. Yes, and Baby Luke. And Baby Luke. And Lure. Baby Luke. Yes.
1: <laughs> we get to see Baby Luke. We got Grogu and now Baby Luke. Exactly. So that's going to be exciting, right? I'm just, I am just—I can't wait to see him throw down again. You know? Hell yeah. That's going to be badass. Hey, you know what else? Under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett. Now, apparently this celebrates the origin and legacy of Star Wars legendary bouncer hunter Boba Fett. And that one is actually currently streaming on Disney+. Plus. Right now. Yeah, go watch it. So there you go.
0: Super pumped about that one. Now these next ones are very interesting, bringing back some reboots or bringing back to some old franchises, different things like that. Uh, Like a reboot is the new Cheaper by the Dozen one. We talked about this one multiple times on the show, but now we finally saw Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff announce their reimagining of the hit family comedy. Uh, They're talking about that one coming out March of 2022, so that one's just like barely over the hump next year. So stay tuned for that. I think that one's going to be cute because I I think they have good chemistry.
1: I do too, and I think it's relevant. Uh, You know, the reimagining is the fact that it's a multi Multiracial family, yeah, um, you know, blended family, and that they've come together, still the same premise 12 kids and all that. I'm with you. I think it's gonna be even the promo was funny, yeah. So, I think the film's gonna be great. And everybody's been wanting this one for God's sake. Everybody since the first one came out has been like, "Are Are we getting a sequel? Are we getting a sequel? Well, guess what? Disenchanted star Amy Adams returns as Giselle who found her life flipped upside down when she fell out of her animated fantasy world and discovered herself stuck in real life Manhattan well Adams and co-star Patrick Dempsey shared that Disenchanted yes indeed is actually happening the sequel to the hit film Enchanted will stream exclusively on Disney Plus in the fall of 2022 oh and by the way if you don't know what we're talking about Enchanted is currently streaming on there so check that out
0: and then you'll get excited for the sequel as well exactly man exactly (laughs) next one I'm super interested to see how it's going to be and especially the animation because it looks like they're sticking very much to the animation of the books and that is Diary of the Wimpy Kid. Now the writer and producer Jeff Kinney revealed a all new key art for the animated uh, adventure premiering on Disney Plus on December 3rd of 2021. So this year. Yeah. Uh, Kenny also announced that the second animated film from the Diary in the Wimpy Kid book series will be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Roderick Rules will premiere on... Uh, in 2022 so so many things going on with that little universe right there so stay tuned for that i know a lot of people in my era were huge fans of diary of the Wimpy kid so i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of mid-20 year olds and or a little bit older or a little bit younger are yeah. going to be streaming this one
1: well and, t- and there's like 14 or 16 books in that series <laughs> yeah, right exactly. so so roderick rules is only like the second book in that series exactly. so I'm, be- I'm betting there's a lot more coming <laughs>
2: <For> <laughs> if sure. i
1: had to guess Now, if you're unlike a young man like Logan and an older man like myself, do you guys remember the Rescue Rangers back in the day with Chip and Dale? Well, guess what? If you don't and you're like him, it's okay. It's fine. Because you'll be reintroduced (laughs) to them now. Why? Because Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are going to star as Chip and Dale in an upcoming hybrid live-action CG animated feature based on the animated Chipmunks. They unveiled teaser art for the new movie streaming on Disney Plus in the spring of 2022. And it's a really good little teaser trailer, guys, because they're like, oh, no, not a reboot, not another remake. And then they tell us it's not. It's a, it, it, it's a continuation 30 years in the making. Yeah. So, whatever that means, but here we go. We're going to get Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That's going to, ju- Melanie and Sandberg are going to be fucking hilarious. I agree, man. Though,
0: I so. agree. And I mean, who knew chipmunks lived that long? <laughs> I mean, who freaking knew? But now we know. Now we know. Uh, something else that is really exciting, and I hope a lot of people are going to watch this one because, Me I mean, this band changed the music industry forever. And I'm talking about the Beatles, a new clip from, Peter Jackson's upcoming documentary series, Beatles Get Back showed the legendary Beatles performing I've Got a Feeling, which, I mean, if you didn't watch it, it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, The three-night event will start streaming on Disney Plus on November 25th of 2021, so that's right around the corner. Uh, The Beatles Get Back takes audience back in time to the band's January 1969 recording session, which became a pivotal moment in the uh, music history dynamic The docuseries showcases the Beatles' creative process as they attempt to write 14 new songs in preparation for their first live concert in over two years. Now... Faced with a nearly impossible deadline, the strong bonds of their friendship shared by John Lennon, Paul McCarthy, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr are put to the test. That is for sure, and you can kind of tell in this little clip. Oh, yeah. Uh, The docuseries is compiled from nearly 60 hours of unseen footage shot over 21 days, now directed by Michael Lindsay Hogg in 1969 and from more than 150 hours of unheard audio most of which has been locked in a vault for over 50 years and nobody's been able to touch that bad boy jackson is the only person to have been given access to this beatles treasure trove oh my goodness all which has now been brilliant brilliantly restored and is going to be shown to all of us again just like a week or two away. Oh so, yeah. I mean, I'm super pumped about that. And if you guys watch the teaser trailer, you can see that Paul and John are the leaders of that fucking group. Oh because yeah. George and Ringo are like, let's not mess up. Let's not mess up.
1: Although George does get a little zinger at the end because it, some of the lyrics are a bit repetitive, and at the end, he's like, so the name of this song, <laughs> and he says the title. It's fucking hilarious. What What you may not like if you're like a Beatles fan is that you know, like Yoko's there. Yeah. And as you guys yeah. know, the only reason I'm saying that is because not long after this album was recorded and it, the Beatles ended. They disbanded. Yeah. So, Sucks. why is Yoko there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> moving on. I am excited to sell the watch out, though. Me too. Better Nate than ever. Now, I have no idea what this is, but apparently it's based on the book by Tim Federle. The film will premiere on Disney Plus in spring of 2022, and the comedy adventure stars Aria Brooks, Joshua Bassett, Michael Federer, and introduces Ruby Wood as Nate with Norbert Leo, Butts and Lisa Kudrow. Nice. Now, I have no idea what this book is. I have no idea what the story is about, but if it's got Lisa Kudrow, I'm in
0: yeah for sure i mean come on it's phoebe it's freaking phoebe (laughs) come on so good man so good i know
1: you're excited about this next
0: one i am because i just watched the original for halloween there you go and we're talking about hocus pocus 2 Disney legend Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy there uh, will uh, run among again it's the Sanderson <coughs> sisters and the mm. sequel to Disney's Halloween cult classic Hocus Pocus, and it's going to be premiering exclusively on Disney Plus in fall of 2022. There you go. Yeah, the N- N- Jimmy,
1: N- Jimmy. <laughs> there it
0: is. There it is. I almost lost my call. You did. It's all right. It's
1: okay. It's yeah. Hey, it's all right. Pinocchio. You guys, we've been. Talking talking about this for for a while but now we've got some more information and I'm pretty pumped about this. Pinocchio, inspired by Disney's animated classic, is actually going to be a retelling directed by Robert Zemeckis and it's going to combine live action and visual effects. Now, Check out this epic fucking cast because we told you about this with Geppetto, right? Tom Hanks will be Geppetto. And then there's also Cynthia Arrivo, Luke Evans, and features the voices of Benjamin Evan Ainsworth, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Keegan-Michael Key, Mm. and Lorraine Bracco. What? Yeah. That is a fucking epic stellar cast. It's going to be awesome. When can we see it? Fall of next year. Mm. So I'm pumped about that, dude. I think I'm super excited.
0: I am, too, because that's one that nobody has touched in a very long time. Yeah. So I'm absolutely pumped about that one. Now, who knew that the Ice Age cast is coming back? Well, some (laughs) of them. The Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. Simon Pegg is back as Buck in an all-new movie premiering January 28th of 2022 on Disney+. And the teaser trailer features Buck. Crash and Eddie, uh, and a few new friends, as they go on a prehistoric mission to save the lost world from the dinosaur uh, domination. So, we're gonna see that. And I mean, the reason why I said almost the whole cast because. It didn't sound like Ray Romano. It didn't. It It sounded like an
1: impersonator of Ray Romano. So so, I don't know. Who knows, And we didn't hear Dennis Leary, so we we don't know if that's going to be him or not. So I don't know. All I took from this trailer is if you like Ice Age, you'll probably like this. Right. And if you didn't like Ice Age, you probably won't. Yeah. There was nothing really exciting about the trailer or anything. So I don't know. It's just another
0: Ice Age story. Now –
1: I do like this one because we've been seeing interpretations and remakes and reboots and retellings and blah, 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 whatever you want to call it, of Cinderella coming out the ass, right? Like, all sure. oh, just all over the place. This is actually a really different, unique way. They're gender flipping uh, and everything. So this – get this, guys. It's called Sneakerella, set in the avant-garde street sneaker subculture of New York City. The high-energy, music-driven Disney Plus original film puts a gender-flipped twist on the Cinderella fairy tale. Elle is an aspiring sneaker designer who works as a stock boy in the shoe store that once belonged to his late mother. L hides his artistic talent from his overburdened stepfather and two mean-spirited stepbrothers who constantly stomp on any opportunity that comes his way. But when L meets Kira King, the fiercely independent daughter of legendary basketball star and sneaker tycoon Darius King, played by John Saley, by the way, sparks fly as the two bond over their mutual affinity for sneakers. With a nudge from his best friend and a sprinkle of fairy godfather magic, El finds the courage to use his talent to pursue his dream of becoming a legit sneaker designer in the industry. Sneakerella will premiere on Disney Plus February of next year, so I really like this. The trailer was really entertaining. It's got good music. It looks like it's got a phenomenal cast, so I'm pumped about this.
0: I am too. It's definitely a completely different take and I kind of like how they reverse the genders. I mean, and Disney, if you guys have not noticed, they are capitalizing on this sneaker phenomenon. Oh yeah, cuz it's, it's so epic. Yeah, it's relevant and huge right now, so Exactly, man, exactly. And everybody's been wondering, they put the Proud Family on disney plus well the proud family is coming back and they're going to be louder and prouder the new animated series based on disney channel's uh, series from the 2000s starts streaming on disney plus in february 2022 and it picks up the story of its central character penny proud and features (laughs) her mad cat family and her loyal crew Everybody's excited about that, and I mean, Sugar Mama is now ripped. Yeah. <laughs> so be prepared. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, this one looks like it's going to be a little more edgy than the original series. It does. So I, I'm excited. I I liked this original series, and so I thought yeah, I'm pretty pumped about this one. Now, here we go. Here it is. High School Musical: The Musical, the series. The series. That's right. <laughs> let me let me say that again. High School Musical: The Musical. The series. <laughs> you guys know it's been on Disney Plus for a couple of years now. Well, love is an open door outside the halls of East High. Season three of the show will follow its characters to sleepaway camp for the summer of campfires, romances, and curfew-free nights. Now, why is anybody tuning into this? Olivia Rodrigo. That's it. She stars <laughs> in it. Like She's the hottest thing right now. So like that would be the only reason I feel like people are still tuning into this but okay, right? season three's coming, and they're out of camp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know. If you're into that, woo! Yeah, right? I mean, I haven't
0: watched this show, so, I mean. I, I haven't either, uh, I mean,
1: so I have no idea, but I like Olivia Rodrigo, her album kicked ass, so, you know.
0: Yeah. There it is, man, there it is. And the Spiderwick Chronicles at Disney Plus announced Ooh. the new live-action series, describing it as a modern coming-of-age combined with fantasy adventure. Now, the series is based on a beloved best-selling book, our books uh, will follow the Grace family, twin brothers Jared and Simon, their sister Mallory, and their mother Helen as they move into a ancestral home. Uh, they begin to unravel a dark mystery about their great great uncle, who once discovered the secret and sometimes dangerous fairy world. Oh, so it's about creepy fairies, right? That's a lot happening. Uh, uh, hmm.
1: It, hmm. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. All right. Creepy yeah, fairies. Yeah, yeah. On Disney Plus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sounds about right.
1: <laughs> this next one I'm super excited about because I was a huge – it's no creepy fairies. Tinkerbell uh, <laughs> gone wild. <laughs> yeah. <like> <laughs> what, <laughs> that pixie dust made the- <gasps> <You> smor- <laughs> that's what happens when you snort the pixie d- you can't do that you can't do that oh my god oh, back to I was a huge fan of Hero 6 did you guys watch that movie it was so fucking badass by the way a Marvel property a lot of people don't know but if you watch that movie again look for the pic of Stan Lee in there and you'll you'll see the reference you'll see Um, it's a great movie but my favorite character in that movie obviously was Baymax well guess what we've been talking about this for a little bit he's getting his own series yes. I'm so fucking excited about this a new trailer for the Disney Plus series was dropped by creator Don Hall. Uh, This is going to be amazing. So the first ever animated series will take place in the fantastical city of San Sanforsokio and will premiere exclusively on Disney Plus in the summer of 2022. And the trailer is adorable. It's Baymax at his best. He's just trying to be the most caring and loving and tender caregiver ever. Yeah sometimes that's a little annoying. <laughs> <You know. laughs> but I mean, I loved every bit of the trailer and I think the series is going to be fantastic.
0: I think so too, man. I think it's going to be really good, especially geared towards the younger audience. I think it's going to be a hit. Oh yeah. Uh, now, Zootopia Plus. We saw the new art that takes us back to the fast-paced uh, panel metropolis of Zootopia. Now, Zootopia Plus is a short-form series that is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. So I like how they're building... What Marvel created basically they're creating little universes out of all of these different movies yeah, which agreed. I think is very smart especially for the younger audience Disney Plus blowing up man fuck you wall street
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and i you, you know again i think this is much like the ice age thing if you're a fan of
1: zootopia you're gonna love this Agreed. i mean so yeah um this one sounds interesting and i'm kind of excited about this tiana apparently walt disney animation studios announced that stella maggie will be the director and writer of the new long form musical series tiana coming to disney plus in 2023 so it's a couple years away guys in the series, Tiana sets off for a grand new adventure as the newly crowned princess of Maldonia. Mm. Now, the newly crowned princess of Maldonia—correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Maldonia isn't that like the the like um, Anne Hathaway? That's—is this a continuation of that story? Mm. I don't know. Right? Wasn't Maldonia where she was like the princess, you know? I think. I mean, totally call me out if I'm fucking yeah, wrong. Princess I don't Diaries, know. That, yeah, Princess Diaries. Yeah, Princess Diaries. I don't right?
0: know. That's a great. That's a great question. I think
1: so. Yeah, 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 consult the book, if you will, while I'm I just right? mandering through here. Um, but... It's, while she's the newly crowned princess of Maldonia, her calling to her New Orleans past Ooh. isn't far behind. I love that. So, there, you know, if we're going to take a character from New Orleans and make her a princess, that's fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. I love, I man. love that.
0: And I mean, as we talk about this week on our freaking uh, interview, we love New Orleans. Yes. I'm just saying. And no, it's. Uh, Genovia.
1: Oh, well, see, there you go. That's why we consult
0: the Bible. Exactly. I have no idea then. (laughs) Uh,
1: But it sounds really cool. I'm down with anything from New Orleans.
0: For sure, man. For sure. Now, Disney Intertwined. um, The first Disney Plus original series produced in Latin America. Disney's Intertwined is now available on the streaming service. In the series, Allegra uh, is ready to uh, change the past in order to reach her dream.
1: Yeah. I, love that.
0: I, I Yeah. And I would not have known,
1: honestly, by watching this trailer, that it was produced in Latin America. Mm-hmm. It looked straight up like, you know, American. But um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I guess she wants to, like, follow in her mother's footsteps and yeah. star in this musical or whatever, but she's being told she can't. And then she finds some mystic kind of bracelet that she's allowed to time travel with. And so she goes back to kind of figure it all out and everything. So that'll be interesting. I, I think mean, so, you know, too. The trailer was cool. By the way, if you're wondering what the Latin American name for it is, I mean, to give this a try good luck entre lazados there it is entre lazados that so okay (laughs) (laughs) all right let's jump to what used to be the crown jewel but not anymore uh pixar Pete Doctor, Chief Creative Officer, Pixar Animation Studios, took fans behind the scenes of Pixar Animation Studios to look at some of their upcoming projects for Disney Plus. Doctor also announced a peek behind the curtains of Pixar in two new documentaries coming to Disney Plus in 2022 that explore the making of both *Turning Red*. And Lightyear. Mm. Now, if you guys saw the that documentary about the making of Frozen 2, yeah. so freaking unbelievable. It was so awesome. So I'm excited as hell about these two documentaries, especially the lightyear one, because I think everybody's just talking about that. That there's a lot of buzz. Dad go- <laughs> <laughs>
0: joke, there's a lot of buzz about that one. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised we didn't get more about Lightyear, but I think it's because we just got that trailer.
1: Exactly. Um, Um,
0: Now another one at Pixar. Win or lose, directors Michael Yates and Carrie Hobson revealed concept art for Pixar's first ever original long-form animated series coming to Disney Plus in 2023. Each 20-minute episode will highlight the perspective of a different character as the middle school co-ed softball team prepares for their national championship game so that's very exciting each episode is going to Basically, you're going to be put in the shoes of a different member of the team. So I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I do, too. And, I mean, that's a a really interesting and unique concept. Oh, and Mater's coming back. Mater and Lightning McQueen, they're coming back for some sort of cars on the road. It's going to be a road trip journey through all kinds of stuff. That looked pretty interesting, so we'll see. Um, Let's jump to National Geographic. You heard us talk at the top of the show. This one sounds really fucking cool, y'all. This one, I like, welcome to Earth. The visually stunning series will follow Will Smith Yes. That Will Smith, on an extraordinary once-in-a-lifetime adventure around the world to explore Earth's greatest wonders and reveal its most hidden secrets. Combining breathtaking cinematography with Smith's boundless curiosity and enthusiasm, the epic six-part series premiering on Disney Plus on December 8th, so that's like right around the corner, I'm super pumped, is an exciting, multi-sensory ride through Earth's mind-bending portals. The trailer looks fucking epic for this, guys. You really need to check it out. I'm just wondering how much insurance money was had to be paying, because Will is putting himself in some serious situations in this thing. I mean, but he's so... He's like a kid. Yeah. Right? Like, at all this really cool stuff, he's like way underwater, and then he's like in volcanoes, and like... I mean, just all kinds of cool shit.
0: Exactly. And I mean, Nat Geo really had to pay out the ass for some insurance. (laughs) I'm just saying. Because because they're also... Coming out with a a Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth also did some crazy shit for Nastio. It's going to be a six-part Disney Plus original series from National Geographic. Uh, Start streaming in 2022. Uh, Watch Hemsworth as he trains for the six extraordinary challenges showing him how to fight aging at every stage of life. And in doing so, discovers how we can all live healthier, smarter, and longer lives. Each episode will tackle a different way we can live better for longer, regenerating damage, maximizing strength, building resilience, and shocking the body, supercharging memory, and confronting mortality. Now, Hemsworth will meet with leading longevity scientists who believes that the key of staying young lies in rooting out and reversing the ravages of time before they take hold. Now, he learns uh, secrets from people who demonstrate the mind-blowing extent of human potential. Cr- uh, Chris Hemsworth will also come face-to-face with with his own mortality testing all new ways to extend his healthy life and challenges that stretch his physical and mental abilities and man oh man he does a lot of intense shit in this trailer yeah and that's what I was gonna say I watching this trailer it looks like it
1: is really gonna dive into not just you know the physique but the importance of mental health and how critical that is to staying healthy it it, it seemed to play a lot in the trailer on that so I'm super excited to Actually see that and see how it's gonna be. And Jesus Christ, the dude is like freaking he's ripped. ripped, man. He's just like he's in Thor shape for sure, right? Um, <clears throat> finally, on Nat Geo, the, this one if you guys have been a fan of any of the nature like type series or like fowls, the you know, the penguins and all the kind of stuff that they do, you're gonna love this one. It's called sure. America the Beautiful and it visits the spacious skies, the amber waves of green, and the purple mountain majesties like the song, uh, in the new trailer for The America the Beautiful, the six-part series streaming on Disney Plus in 2022. So I think it's just going to take us on, you know, a tour of America and all the beautiful, like, awesomeness that nature has to offer for us. And I, I'm excited about that one too.
0: Right. And we know, guys, we know. That was a lot. <laughs> so just to <laughs> recap, and in case you have missed it, here's what is available re- right now to currently watch on Disney Plus. Now, Ballad of Nessie. Ciao Alberto. Enchanted. Andre <laughs> <Entree> Lazzados. Yes. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> Nancy, Nancy. Feast, uh, Frozen Forever, Get a Horse, Home, uh, home Sweet, Home Alone, <laughs> Jungle Cruise, I'm pretty pumped about that one,
1: uh, The Little Match Girl, The Making of Happier Than Ever, A Love Letter to Los Angeles, that's the one with Billie Eilish. It so. is, I'm yeah. excited for that one.
0: Marvel Assembled, The Making of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes, Marvel Studios 2021
1: Disney Plus Day Special, Marvel Studios Legends Hawkeye. Now that is actually the one that you can... Watch all the stuff that we've been talking about with Marvel. So you might want to really
0: check that one out. Exactly. And another short uh, form stuff with Olaf Presents. Yes. Paper Man. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The Simpsons
1: in Pulseversary. Spin. Tangled Ever After. Tick Tock Tale, Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett,
0: and The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Season 2. Yes. <laughs>
1: so there you go. That all dropped yesterday. So while you're waiting for all that cool stuff we talked about, all that shit's on there to watch right now. Exactly.
0: So. Now, there was some other Disney news other than Disney Plus days throughout everything. Uh, Rogue Squadron, a new Star Wars film from Patty Jenkins, uh, will take a few detours before it reaches Aww. theaters. The film was scheduled to begin production in 2022, but that will that start date is not going to happen, which could also impact the film's targeted release of December 22nd of 2023. Bummer. Now, the delay is due to scheduling conflicts with Jenkins. Rogue Squadron has been taken off of Disney's production schedule. Not a good sign. Nope. Uh, the film was set to be the first big screen outing for the franchise series uh, since Disney and Lucasfilm wrapped up the Skywalker clan's nine film saga uh, with the 2019 Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Now, since that point, Lucasfilm has instead uh, concentrated more heavily on building its Star Wars streaming offerings with the Disney Plus hit shows like Mandalorian and uh, Obi-Wan coming out. and an upcoming series, we'll see Ewan McGregor come back in an iconic leading role, like I just said, Obi-Wan. Now, the Dreamer will debut the book of Boba Fett in December and has a series focused on Ahsoka and the spinoff with the character pro- uh, portrayed by Rosario Dawson in The Mandalorian. Now, Rumor has it, and like we reported here, Hayden Christensen will also be as Darth Vader in that one as well.
1: Yes, so that's pretty awesome. I mean, it makes sense. If you're wondering where all the movies are, they are focusing on streaming right now. So, I mean, you know. Exactly. Now, this one is really interesting to me. I'm kind of excited about this and kind of, like, worried about it. Right. Excuse me. ABC is apparently developing a single-camera comedy inspired by, wait for it, the life of Alanis Morissette. That's right. You ought to know. <laughs> I'm just saying. it's That's not what it's titled, but it could have been. <laughs> that should have been. been badass. Titled Relatable, the project hails from co-creators Elizabeth Beckwith and Christopher Moyahan with Beckwith writing the pilot. Now, Moyahan will serve as showrunner with both also executive producing. Morissette will executive produce and also pen the original music for the show. And it's literally based on a woman that was like a world-famous rock star and then kind of is going kind of through the thing. Like – I just want to know, is there going to be a character that's the Dave Couye character? Right. Because as we all know, her most famous album and probably her most famous song was uh, like a bitch slap to Dave Couye for yeah. what he to her.
0: <laughs> so I'm
1: just saying, I mean, you know, like I think that's got to be a part of it.
0: I think so too, man. I think so too. It's going to be great. Uh, now, Greg Tarzan Davis – Probably know him from from um, (laughs) Top Gun Maverick, which has yet to hit theaters, is joining Grey's Anatomy in a recurring role. Davis will play Jordan Wright, a resident in Minnesota. He's charming, confident, and he's a young doctor who is always ready for a challenge, which makes him uh, Dr. Marsh's, Scott Speedman's uh, favorite resident. Now, Jordan crosses paths with Meredith. On a case uh, that she's brought in on, Davis's character will be introduced in the uh, December 9th episode, so stay tuned for that.
1: I still think these are all introductions because they're going to try to keep that bad boy going. I know, right? Uh, And and it makes sense because what if they just switch to Minnesota and away from Seattle and all these new characters? I mean, maybe. Um, Jump into Fox, and here's a couple that we won't be seeing go on. (laughs) Fox released its mid-season schedule, and it does not include the network's new fall 2020 scripted series dramas, The Big Leap, and Our Kind of People. Mm. The Big Leap will end its freshman run with 11 episodes, while Our Kind of People's first season consists of 12 episodes. Sources indicate that both series had been designed for shorter runs, which explains the lack of back orders. However, Fox is expected to make the decision on the series' future in the spring, but linear ratings for both shows have been soft with the drama's ranking in Fox's lowest-rated series this fall. So that decision's probably going to
0: be an easy one. Exactly, man. Just saying. Just saying. And, of course, there's other things happening in the entertainment industry that are not Disney. That's right. Hopping over to the uh, bunny. Uh, (laughs) Warner Media, HBO Max, announced that renewals for two of its hit series, and that is Selena Plus Chef, and um, has been renewed for the fourth season, which is slated to premiere. Next year, season four will bring Gomez and her friends and family to the beach, where Gomez will continue to learn the joys of cooking with all-star chefs in a new beach house. Like the first three seasons, each chef will highlight a different charity for each episode. To date, the series has raised over four hundred thousand dollars for twenty-six nonprofit organizations. So, kudos to her, man. Yeah, I love that show.
1: It's like a guilty pleasure. They got me hooked. on it. Little Cam and Logan and it's just amazing. Hey, HBO Max's Santa Inc. is set to premiere for December 2nd with Leslie Grossman, Gabby Orsabidi, Craig Robinson, Nicholas Braun, Maria Bramford, Joel Kim Booster. I have all been added to the cast. Now Santa Inc. is an adult stop-motion animated holiday series that consists of eight episodes, all of which will be released at once, so you don't have to wait. It stars Seth Rogen as Santa. Oh. And Sarah Silverman as an intrepid elf named Candy Smalls, who is currently the number two executive vice president and Santa Inc., but she wants to become Santa's first female successor.
0: Oh, oh, very interesting. Candy
1: Smalls. That sounds like a stripper name if I've ever heard of. Right? One. Like right. I don't know. <laughs> just say it. I, That's I so know.
0: goofy. That's so. Oh goofy. my goodness. Well, heading over to the Viacom CBS the i, uh, Viacom CBS and Twitter announced a multi-year renewal of their global agreement under which the media conglomerate will continue to deliver premium digital content from its. Uh, tentpole live events Mm. shows and franchises on the social network now the partnership covers all global markets in which twitter and viacom cbs operate content under the pact will continue from viacom cbs's portfolio of entertainment news and sports brands including bt cbs television network cbs news cbs sports uh cmt comedy central mtv including mtv video music awards nickelodeon paramount channel 5 Network 10, and Telefe. Oh. So, I mean, you know, I, I mean, think Twitter is probably a great place where a lot of people get their news. So, kudos to them. Yeah, and
1: they've been really successful with streaming like live CBS football games and like yeah. concerts and stuff. So, good for them that they're able to keep doing that. Some bad news, though Paramount Pictures has announced that its upcoming Transformers and Star Trek films have been delayed. Mm. Oh. Transformers Rise of the Beasts, a prequel in the sci fi action franchise, has moved back a full year. It was originally rescheduled for June 24th, 2022. It's now going to open on the big screen on June 9th, 2023. Wow. The still-untitled Star Trek movie was supposed to premiere on June 9th of 2023, but it was delayed now until December 22nd of 2023. So not all too bad, but still delayed. Um... It accommodates the shift for Transformers. Those are interesting dates for sure. Why? Because the next Transformers chapter is currently now scheduled to hit theaters on the same day as a Sony Marvel movie. Ooh. And Star Trek is opening alongside Disney's Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Mm. <laughs> if it still hits that opening date, right. because remember, that's been delayed. Exactly. So um, that means unless one blinks, it's going to be a battle of the st- stars for the Christmas holidays Trek vs. Wars,
0: which is always a battle anyway, so, you know. Exactly, man. Exactly. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Uh Now... Going over to Season 4 premiere of Yellowstone has hit another set of series highs, smashing its previous rating records. Its week's opener of Paramount Network's flagship series starring Oscar winner Kevin Costner drew a staggering 8 million total viewers and same plus... Uh, live plus same-day streaming up to a whopping 104% Damn. from the season 3 premiere a year ago, which drew in about $4.2 million. That makes it the most-watched cable series telecast since 2018's episode of AMC's The Walking Dead. Mm. Now, according to the Nelson Data... Uh, provided by the network the premiere has also eclipsed hbo's juggernaut game of thrones which drew in 6.6 million live plus same day viewers for its season four opener on the premium cable network now the premiere also hit a new series high in the key adult Mm -hmm. demographic 18 to 49 drawing a um, 3 2.26 2.26 ratio in adults in the 1849 up 82 percent from the season three premiere Damn. that's huge guys yeah. and the uh, 2 million adult 49 are 18 to 49 viewers in and uh 2.9 million in adults 25 to 54 where the largest live plus same day demo viewers for an entertainment telecast on any network broadcast or cable in 2021
1: damn y'all so that's the coveted target age group that everybody wants the streamers the networks the movie theaters and that's the highest it, out of anything in 2020 that's huge
0: that is huge. i
1: mean everybody talks about yellowstone right like, i've got to jump on this thing i man. do too i, I want jump to jump on this thing <laughs> so it only makes sense that there's a huge buzz for the prequel series right yeah. you got to find out who they all are well we're gonna find out paramount plus also released a first look trailer for 1883 during that crazy ratings high season four premiere of yellowstone um Now, of course, it's our first look at Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, and Sam Elliott. Season 4's first two episodes of Yellowstone serve as a launch pad for the prequel series 1883. That's going to premiere December 19th. It follows the Dutton family as they embark on a journey west through the Great Plains towards the last bastion of untamed America. It is a stark retelling of Western expansion and an intense study of one family fleeing poverty to seek a better future in America's promised land, Montana. Billy Bob Thornton, who will guest star in the role of Marshal Jim Courtright, also appears in the teaser... Featured cast also includes Isabel May and LaMonica Garrett, who, as you guys know, the anti-monitor from the uh, Crisis series on the uh, Arrowverse. Um, I'm pumped. I saw the trailer, and fucking Tim McGraw and Faith Hill look fucking badass. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be, like, getting a lot of attention for their acting skills. And, I mean, Sam Elliott is Sam Elliott.
0: Right. It's like, come on now. Come on. So we talked a little bit about them earlier. But the Star Trek franchise, now this one, Star Trek Prodigy, has been renewed for season two at Paramount Plus, the Renewal News comes after the show's uh, aired only three episodes including the two-part series premiere. New episodes of the first half of season one will continue to roll out weekly on Thursdays through November 18th. The remaining five episodes of the first half will uh, resume airing weekly on Thursday January 6th. Okay. Uh, The remaining ten episodes of season one will air later in 2022 on Paramount+. Plus. The first season will then air on Nickelodeon, uh, though the premiere date has not yet been set yet, but a lot of people are talking about it, and I think the kids are just really enjoying it.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's Captain Janeway from right? Voyager. I mean, come on, uh, jump into MCU. <laughs> MCU. I'm so addicted, I can't even help it. NBC Universal. Universal Pictures is making a sequel to Midnight Run, the 1988 action comedy starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Apparently, Regina Hall, best known for Girls Trip and Scary Movie, is going to star in the follow-up. It's unclear if De Niro is going to reprise his role Kept Under Wraps, and obviously Charles Grodin will not be back to reprise a role because he passed away recently, so that's unfortunate.
0: That is unfortunate, man. It's going to be going to be interesting the, yeah. how they uh, move forward on that one. So, I mean, the, there is an upcoming David E. Kelly crime drama, The Missing at Peacock, cast uh, Jeff Wilbosch in the leading role. Now, Jeff will play Abraham Abraham, the <laughs> NYPD detective of the 77th Precinct. Uh, whose belief in mankind is his superpower when it comes to uncovering the truth. He is left to question his own humanity when seemingly a routine investigation turns completely upside down. Mm. Now, The Missing has received an eight-episode order at the Peacock. Kelly will serve as writer, executive producer, and showrunner on this bad boy. So, stay tuned for that one.
1: Yeah, good for David Kelly. We've been talking about that. We're happy to see the resurgence. Oh, boy. Did you see it? We're jumping to Sony. Sony he dropped the first official poster for
0: Spider-Man No Way
1: Home this week, lighting up the web with several clues lurking in the background. The poster actually saw Holland's Spider-Man surrounded by Doc Ock's tentacles, while in the background there's an image of Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe's villain who last appeared in Spider-Man 2. The bolt of lightning is probably a nod to Jamie Foxx's Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and a cloud of what looks to be sand could signal the reappearance of Spider-Man 3's Sandman, a Thomas Hayden Church. We now also have an official. Log line. For the first time in the cinematic history of Spider-Man, our friendly neighborhood hero is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life from high stakes of being a superhero. When he asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider Man. Definitely, I think this poster is signaling the Sinister Six. Right. Right. I I wholeheartedly think that. And breaking news right now, guys breaking news right now. Not only did we get that poster, but it has been confirmed. Are you ready for this? Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, the next trailer. Will we finally see whether the spider man
0: will be in there or right. not in there?
1: We get a new trailer Tuesday, guys.
0: Ah, so <laughs> excited, man. So excited. But don't drink the Kool-Aid, though. That's right. Because heading over to MGM, Leonardo DiCaprio is in final talks to play religious cult leader Jim Jones himself in MGM's upcoming feature film. MGM secured a deal uh, for the feature project in a preemptive situation with DiCaprio also producing the project alongside Jennifer Davison. Um, for their Appian Way production company. Now, known as a leader of the People's Temple Religious Group, Jones mm. was behind the November 1978 mass suicide at his Jonestown settlement that took more than 900 lives. Joan and, Jones and his inner circle orchestrated a massacre at the Jungle Commune in Guana, uh, which f- his, the followers directed to drink a cyanide-altered punch. Mm. So that's fucking insane. Hence
1: the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. If somebody's trying to lie to you or get you to do something and you don't think it's right, that's where that comes from, guys. That's going to be a really good one, and I'm just going to make a prediction Oscar winning makeup, because if you know Jim Jones and then you see Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> mm. Okay, MGM's also ramping up a speed on its remake of Roadhouse with Jake Gyllenhaal in Talks to Star and director Doug Lyman circling the project. While a production start date has not been set, and GM higher-ups reportedly see the project as a priority for the studio. No deals have been signed with Hall or Lyman yet, though the two are in active talks. Should both Hall and Lyman sign on, the Roadhouse remake would make the first collaboration between the actor and the director. I don't I really liked Roadhouse and Patrick Swayze, and I don't know if you should touch this one. Yeah. I just, you know, and Hall's I mean, I'm probably sure he's feeling some heat now because, you know, uh, Taylor Swift's, uh, you know, Red yeah. album came out and, you know, it, I'm just saying, he's not a popular guy right now. Yeah, just saying.
0: (laughs) Just saying. Heading over to the streaming juggernaut, which is Netflix. The young scars of the Netflix breakout comedy, Never Have I Ever, are seeking new deals for the season three of the comedy. This is some crazy
1: shit, y'all. Oh
0: my goodness. And I mean, the main cast are among those who are seeking pay increases ahead of the season three comedy, inspired by absolute years of the executive producer Mindy Kaling. Sources say that... uh, Ramakrishnan, uh, who was also a Toronto newcomer, one of the actors, when she landed the lead role in July 2019, following an open casting call, is negotiating a solo deal and seeking Mm-mm-mm. an increase that separates her from the rest of her co-stars and on-screen classmates. Now, she earned uh, $21,000 per episode Gosh. in season one, less than her young castmates who <sighs> all came in with a little bit more experience as she was bumped up to 26, uh, Thousand and two hundred and fifty dollars per episode for season 2 and given a $100,000 bonus ahead of her return last summer. Now Barnett and Lewison, the male leads who formed the love triangle with uh, old girl's character Devi, were on the same salary tier for seasons 1 and 2 earning like $25,000 and then that $26,250 uh, per episode respectively. Neither were given a bonus by the way just her as of now none of the cast members have reached new deals as negotiations have been going back and forth for the past 2 weeks now first of all you're a newcomer hold on
1: yeah calm down second of all you're a teenager making $26,000 an episode what the fuck you're getting both I mean $26,000 this is where greed goes to your head this is where surrounding yourself with the wrong team goes goes wrong yeah. because the, and who are you to separate you? You, you know why the friends were so successful? Why Seinfeld was so successful? Because they negotiated together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, come on, this is bad all the way around. I think this is just an ugly story. You are 16 years old. You you're making twenty six. Most most adults don't make twenty six thousand a year. Exactly. So just you know, stop being greedy. Uh, finishing it off. Boy, I got a little angry right there. I'm sorry. Uh, finishing it off with Apple, and this is interesting. It's a recasting announcement. Jennifer Garner is now set to headline the upcoming Apple drama series, The Last Thing He Told Me. Garner takes over the role from Julia Roberts, who reportedly pulled out due to a scheduling issue. Now, The Last Thing He Told Me follows a woman who forms an unexpected relationship with her 16-year-old stepdaughter while searching for the truth about why her husband has mysteriously disappeared. Mm. I am loving the resurgence of Jennifer Garner. Same. I am just loving it, and I could not be more happy for her. And side note, uh, Reese Witherspoon's Hello Sunshine is, is behind this one so right
0: i mean super freaking exciting man super exciting all right now it is time for the one the only tony winters to yes. come on the show man oh man this guy is like fine wine so pretty and <laughs> the best looking mercedes-benz that we've ever seen <laughs> have no idea what any of that means you gotta listen to the interview
1: to find out and trust me if you're an up-and-comer want to know how to get it done and find your niche this is the interview to listen to guys it's a good one
0: agreed agreed well here he is
1: Tony Winters, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? I
2: am well, and why is this an ant farm?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the name of the production company, because we're also a film production company, we do film and television projects, also just finished our first film, actually directing our first film. So um, it's called Crazy Ant Media. So we just figured the ant farm would be a nice extension of that inside the uh, Crazy Ant Farm. So, hence the name for the podcast. But, uh, yeah, man, so, and it fit us, because we're a little crazy. We like to have some fun and tear things up, so, you
2: know. Well, that's cool, man. I could tell from the pre-interview there that uh, you guys are a little, (laughs) um...
1: Oh, oh, okay. But all in a good way, we promise. We promise. Yeah. (laughs) We are excited to talk to you, man. Uh, I just, look, doing our research on you and everything, one thing that popped out onto me was you you, you were on my show, man, like Hunter with Fred Dreyer. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like – because I'm old enough to remember that show with him and Stephanie Kramer, and I was like, yeah. So that's exciting. I was just like, this guy's cool already.
2: (laughs) Man, that was my first recurring role on a primetime series. Yeah. Uh, It was was a pretty big deal for me. It was a pretty big deal for me. I Um, bet. I bet. Yeah. Stephanie Kramer had left the show by the time I came aboard. Well, that's okay. I mean, you know – yeah, I worked with Darlan Flugel. Okay, and um, Lauren, Lauren—I almost want to say Lauren Lake, but I'm. Yeah, not no, that familiar. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very positive experience, man. Um, I got that job because I think it, I can only, you know, guess <laughs> <laughs> part because I'm six. I'm six two. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I look. I look good standing next to Fred Dry. That's right. right. <laughs> Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Fred was
1: an uh, LA Ram, uh, a pro football player. So he's a big boy.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right that's right well look let's rewind that back a little bit though because what okay. we like to do how we like to start out a little bit is kind of give our, our listeners a little bit of your background how did you get started in acting just not jumping straight to hunter but was that something you always kind of wanted to do or did you fall into it or how'd that happen man i i think i did
2: i i i i don't remember not being not wanting to be an actor mm-hmm. um you know, as a child, you want to be everything. You know, one sure. week you want to be a fireman, next week you want to be a policeman, and right. a doctor and a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Well, I realized at a certain point, I don't really want to be all those things. I want to be an actor Playing those guys.
0: There you go. <laughs> you know
2: that's I mean? even better because then you get to be all of them. Yeah, and I <laughs> wanted it to be like I wanted. It, I wanted the dramas to play out like they did on television, and real life and television aren't always you know no. <laughs> the same thing. You know that's right. So uh, and and at the same time during my formative years. Uh, television shows like good times and Sanford and son and uh um, uh, gosh uh, what's happening and that's my mama all these black sitcoms were on the air in in, the 70s and and I just I wanted to I the the whole black community dug these shows Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on those shows (laughs) yes there you go And I knew that I grew up in Detroit, and I knew they were in this far-off land called Hollywood. (laughs) I didn't know how to get there, but I thought it was a pretty cool place. And my aunt, uh, uh, I have a dear aunt, I visited San Diego between my junior and senior year in high school. Mm -hmm. And she just showed me all of Southern California, my younger brother and I. I mean, she saw saw the Pacific Ocean for the first time, you palm trees clear blue skies and she took us to hollywood there you go and um i remember driving up the street what i know to be now Gower, and we were past it, which is where you know uh paramount studios right is located and we were driving by and there was a marquee that said happy days and i was like whoa yeah uh, <laughs> right <laughs> that's right and then we went on to the universal studios tour we took the universal studios tour for the first time and I remember the tram having to come to a stop because they were shooting a television show.
0: Oh. <laughs> and I kind of had this
2: revelation. I was like, okay, this is like real. This is a real place. You know, like in Detroit, we make cars and trucks right. and tires. But in Hollywood, they make movies and music and, and films. So I said, I don't know how I'm going to get here, but somehow I'm going to Hollywood. Oh yeah. And six years later, after uh, detouring with... Uh, doing theater in san diego and getting some pretty good notices I, I had the confidence to come to la and um and i got a job as a tour guide at Universal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's it that's, yeah, that's a, great that a great story that is a great story when i got there they were shooting back to the future oh, nice so the whole back lot was dressed as hill valley
0: right you know
2: and it wasn't uncommon to see Michael J. Fox walking around or Christopher Lloyd or the right. DeLorean Park somewhere. It was a really magical time.
0: Exactly. That's what we like to pride ourselves on passing on the knowledge to the up and comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. If you get a job just around movies, around television, that is your foot in the door to make connections. Maybe you bring coffee to the <laughs> right person one day and then you guys start talking and you're like, oh, I'm also an actor. And That's then you right. get the bar rolling so how important do you think that is just to take like a studio touring job or like a pa job
2: it's vitally important first of all or 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 doing theater especially if you're on the acting side like i am yeah or like i was um i'll tell you a quick story while i was a tour guide at universal studios there's an actor named leon isaac kennedy Mm. Took my tour, which happened to be the LTD, the last tram of the day. Okay. Nobody ever wanted to do it because it was usually a small group. You know, these trams seat, you know, two hundred, and you might have a group of seven. Right. You know, it's easier to play to a bigger crowd than a small crowd. For sure. Small crowd, and at the end of the tour, I I, for, for whatever reason I decided to do my absolute best on this tour. You know what I mean? I just decided to pull out all the stops. I told all the funny stories, all the anecdotes, all the corny jokes. And at the end of the tour, the guy walks up to me and he says, you know, man, I just want to tell you, you did a you did a really great job. And um, the, these men that I'm entertaining were were, were really entertained. And, uh, and I, said, I looked at him, I said, hey, wait a second, man, you're Leon Isaac Kennedy. I said, what, what have you been up to? And he says, well, I'm co-producing Penitentiary 3. Uh, Right now, I said, Oh, you know, and ignorance being bliss, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to ask this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I said, Well, since you're a producer, maybe you can help me out. I'm an actor. I'm trying to get my SAG card. And he said, Okay.
0: Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) See?
2: (laughs) See? Oh. He wrote down his home phone number and told me to call him Uh, in three months. I called him three months today. He brought me in, a method director. They gave me three lines as as a reporter in the movie, which I'm cut out of the finished version, but I got my Taft Hartley and got my sad
1: card. You got it.
2: I never looked back.
1: Oh man, see,
2: two huge things out
1: of that, right? One, always treat people the right way. Always put your best self forward no matter what you do and try to make the best of the situation. Like you said, it's the last train. Who cares? I'm gonna put this on, I'm gonna do a good job. Because the second part of that is you never know who's there or who you're talking to or who somebody might be, right? And so you always gotta have that best foot forward. And that's a fantastic story and like great advice for all everybody listening. Like, this is how you do it, guys, you know, and just and sometimes <laughs> ignorance does work. You're like, Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Oops, but oh well. <laughs> Sometimes luck is involved too. You card? That's right, right. That and speaking of, you said it's a, usually a small crowd on that train and everything. And and you you people like to play to the big crowd. So let's talk about that theater, right? Because you said you started okay. in theater. So you're used to playing to the stage, the big crowd. You have to get loud out there, right? What was the transition like for you going from theater to in front of a camera on a movie set or on a television show? Because it's a bit of a difference, right?
2: Yes, uh, very different. You're not playing to the fiftieth role. That's right. right. <laughs> you're not projecting, and you're not making grand gestures. That's right. Trying to, you know, communicate your emotions to, to like I said, the people in the fiftieth role. It was pretty smooth for me because I, um, after doing a string of plays and theater and studying, you know, in San Diego, when I got to LA and I was working at Universal, I used to, I used to, as a tour guide, you were given permission to visit filming sets. Mm. So I would just go and watch, you know, uh, uh, I go to the, uh, I go to tapings of the facts of life, right? different strokes or the Jeffersons, all which shot on Universal lot at that yeah. time. Where I go watch, you know, Ernest Borgnine and Jan Michael Vincent and Airwolf. Air yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, or, or, um, or, um, or the Hoff. Right, that's right. <laughs> the Hoff do uh, Knight Rider. But, you know, um, not great acting, but it was a chance to see how it was done. Right. Yeah. And then I, I, a friend of mine suggested that I mail to the soap operas. Yeah, At that time, you know, all the networks had like three or four soap operas. That's right. And and each network here in Los Angeles had at least three or four. Right. So I started mailing to them every couple of months and they started calling. And to work on a daytime soap is a lot like theater. Hmm. I mean, you get there in the morning or you get your script a couple of weeks in advance. You get there in the morning and you dry block, you know, you just kind of run it with the other actors. Then you uh, uh, then you camera block. Mm-hmm. And then you come back after lunch, and you you dress rehearsal, and then you tape. So all that rehearsal was kind of good. I'd only have three or four lines as a cop, sure, or something like that. But it kind of it was a nice transition. And I was and, and and really cool thing about daytime soaps is that there's no rerun.
0: Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> if you if you stink, <laughs> it's there and gone. It's there and gone. <laughs> hey, real quick. To haunt you. That's
2: right. It was a very smooth transition for me, and then... Then, you know, slowly and gradually, I started getting work in episodic TV, which is Mm -hmm. really kind of my wheelhouse.
0: Right. And and
2: it is to this day.
0: There you go. There you go. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it. Most recently, a lot of these legendary soap opera shows are, like, getting canceled, going off the air. I feel like the only one left is Young and the Restless. So what do you think about that? Do you think it's going to be, like, everything comes back around? Or do you think, like, soap operas are about to be dead and gone? Good
2: question. Good question. I would have to say everything is cyclical. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, remember, there was a, uh, the game show was dying. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and now the game show has has rebounded. I mean, during the summer months, networks only have game shows. Yeah, That's right. exactly. That's right. You know what I mean? So I think the genre will rebound in mm-hmm. a couple of years. You know, uh, it'll come back around. Some network chief will say, well, why don't we launch a soap in the middle of the afternoon? For sure. You know, and um, I, th- I think it will come back because people, you know, and a lot of people work from home now. Mm, that's Maybe right. Maybe they want to watch it, take a take an hour out and watch the young and the wrestlers or the bold and the beautiful. That's right. That's right. I, days of our lives in General Hospital. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well and
1: another thing that I really like that that you mentioned right there in that in that whole context is is your wheelhouse right because mm-hmm. I think in this industry it's really important to be able to figure that out right that you know your place know your avenue and if that's where you're at and that's where you're good at go for it right because th- especially if you want to be a working actor <laughs> because yeah. I feel like a lot of people just said like I'm only going to do film. Right, And and I'm like, well, then you're going to be hungry for a while because you you might not get that or whatever. But when you're lucky enough to find your wheelhouse and know this is my niche, this is what I'm good at, I can make a serious living doing this and and be able to do what I do. How important is that for the up-and-comers to be able to realize
2: that? Oh, man, uh, that's vitally important. In fact, when you meet with your representation, you know, early on in your career, you know, they want to, they ask you, you know, they want to, they want to know what, how you see yourself. Where are you going? Where, where would you, what, what are your aspirations for your career? And, uh, you know, if you think you're Denzel Washington <laughs> and you're actually Kevin Hart.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: oh, they're going to sense that and realize that this guy isn't, or this woman, you know, is, isn't, we're not on the same page here. Right. I don't know how I can represent this, this person. So it's it's important to understand your instrument and where your strengths are. Like during the early 90s, when black sitcoms like the Wayans Brothers, Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I did none of those. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I did. Right. I understood that I was largely a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. And I've done some sitcoms, but I was usually straight man. Right. <laughs> you know, to to the funny guy, right? You know, uh, I'm not I'm not that guy, and I understood. That's why they're not calling in, because they don't people don't see me in that in that way. Right. I like to think I'm funny, but I'm not <laughs> funny back there in my living room. I'm not here.
0: <laughs> that's great. I love yeah. it. And with like the entertainment industry is such full of rejection and downfall and but that's also like so much light at the end of the tunnel, tunnel so What do you think is the most important thing to keep your mental health on the right track? Because mental health plays a big role in today's society so how do you like try to stay positive in an industry full of rejection
2: someone told me a long time ago to think of yourself as a fine automobile mm. like today i am a bmw and think of the producers and the writers and the directors who are shopping for talent right. as potential car buyers they're looking for a luxury vehicle today they wanted a mercedes-benz not the bmw you know, I'm still a fine automobile. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted something different. That's you right. I mean? And that's the way I've always viewed it. I've never taken it personal. And I, I think it go. also has a lot to do with my background in San Diego, my theater background. Mm-hmm. When I came to L.A., I had no contacts. I had mm-hmm. no money. I right. had no. No. Uh, no union affiliations, as I told you in the earlier story. I, I really was empty-handed. But the one thing that I did have, guys... Was belief in self. Mm. I had a confidence. I knew one beyond anything. The one thing I could do was act. That's right. And um, and so that has that that confidence that I developed all those years ago still sustains me to this day. Yeah. You know, when I don't get a job, it's never because I sucked.
0: There you go. It's
2: always because someone was better for the role than me. Mm-hmm. So it's not personal. To not take it personal, Logan. I think it's the way to go.
0: Very and interesting.
2: Also to have a life outside of acting.
0: There you go. You know, yeah. Get married, have kids.
2: You know, garden, do yoga, right? Whatever, find other interests because right. you know, the the field of acting is a cruel mistress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. She will. She will walk out of that door on you. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true drop of a hat it may not come back for a year that's right that's right yep and you're gonna have to have a life and and something to hang your hat on when when acting isn't 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 happening for you and it happens in the best of careers you know there are times when tom cruise might not do a film for a year right right Or Tony Winters might not work for you. It's different because he has millions of dollars. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I haven't been that blessed as yet. But, yeah, I think it's important to have a life outside of... um,
0: the business. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, starting out because you also do multiple different avenues in the entertainment industry. You don't just act writer, producer, director, all the good things. Uh, was that something that has always been on your radar or did that something? Is that something that you just kind of figured out that you liked and then got more into it further on in your career?
2: I think, I think I started writing and producing mm-hmm. when, um, I, I became kind of, bored with my career Mm. roles i was getting offered were the same yeah types of characters over and over again just in different clothes and different settings right and at that time i started kind of falling in love with independent film yeah you know uh and 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 romantic comedies Uh, in particular i I went to see a film called my best friend's wedding with julia roberts yes and I, I thought to myself, man, I I, I want to be a romantic lead. I want to be in something like this. But all the black producers at the time were trying to remake Boys in the Hood. Right, <laughs> right. They were they were doing Dead Presidents and That's you know right. th- those types of films. And I just it just didn't fit what 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 I was about or, right. or my life experience. So um, I had a, a, a an experience. I took a young lady home with me to Detroit to make her ex girlfriend jealous. Oh, boy. <laughs> and and along the way, the girl that I brought with me just cut up. She acted a fool. She <laughs> made outrageous demands, insulting members of my family. Oh, my, my, my goodness. goodness. Put her on a plane and sent her back to L.A. Right. <laughs> and, um, and I said, man, you have just lived a romantic comedy. That's right. <laughs> so I, I took that experience almost scene for scene, which really happened to us. And I just wrote it. And uh, I raised uh, about fifty thousand dollars, not much money, and kind of shot it in a piecemeal fashion because I never had all the all the money at one time. Sure, so right. We shot over the course of a year, and uh, we premiered at the Pan African Film Festival. Nice, and we won the Audience Favorite Award. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay.
1: <laughs> <about this> <laughs>
2: I love that.
1: I love that, yeah. and that—that's one of the great things about filmmaking and 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 this this craft and this industry right the the ingenuity the the find a way the creative you know ways that people come together and do things out of necessity or like you said i didn't have it all at once so i had to shoot it here and i had to shoot it there and and yet look the product that you deliver fan
2: favorite right
1: it doesn't matter how you get there as long
2: as you get there right right and dustin and it is streaming on prime video to this day, and it's free. Fantastic. (laughs) going to watch it after this
1: interview. (laughs) Well, there you go. All right. So now we got to talk about the biggie though. Of course, everybody probably knows you from Queen Sugar, right? Like that, that's, I'm pretty sure like everybody's going, no, come on, talk about that. But you've got a film coming out that we want to talk about because this is pretty exciting and it sounds like it's going to be, I'm a huge sports fan. Logan's a huge sports fan, you know, and this has been a topic that I think a lot of people have been talking about for a lot of years. And the idea that a film is coming out about it is pretty Mm -hmm. exciting. So let's talk about that a, a little bit. It's called national championship, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically about should athletes be paid? Uh, uh, you know, college athletes get paid for for what they're doing. So talk about it. How did you get involved? How did you? Who do you play? Give us a scoop, man.
2: Okay, <laughs> there's only so much I can tell you about. Right, of course, yeah. of course. I can tell you how I got involved. I have an I have um, an agent in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Okay, he covers me for your for your part of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, New Orleans—that's right. What have you? And uh, he sent me an audition for this film called National Champions, and um, and I, 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 you know, I, I, did it. It was kind of something that I, I thought was credible for me. And a couple of weeks later, he called me and said, "Tony, you booked it." You and uh, next thing I know, I'm sitting down at a uh, conference table with J.K. Simmons. <laughs> David Koechner, yeah. Uzo Aduba, uh, <laughs> yeah. Dave Maldonado, Jeffrey Donovan, and uh it was directed by Rick Romanois. I like you like you said, it's about college athletics and should players be compensated. Mm-hmm. And on the eve of the uh, the of the national championship game, a quarterback uh ignites a strike mm. amongst the players for pay. And refuses to pay and uh, refuses to play until oh. the NCAA, you know, negotiates. Wow! Around. Right? And I play an NCAA official named West Martin Uh-oh. <laughs> to uh, to manage. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's probably the best way I can say it without getting
1: shot. <laughs> right? <mouth. laughs> okay, okay. Well, a little hint. Are you a bad guy or a good guy on the situation? Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't think you're going to like me. Very much.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So we know which way you're falling. Okay. All right.
0: I love that though. That's so freaking interesting because if you think about it, I mean, they make so much money for this college championship game. So that that's crazy. I'm so excited now that's going to be yeah, so freaking good.
2: Uh, that is, that is, that's actually, actually the crux of it. Yeah. yeah you know, you know uh, 50 years ago, they weren't, they weren't earning billions of dollars. No, even. not at all. But now they are. They are. You know, a lot of these young men, they sacrifice their bodies yes. for years. Yes. For four years of college athletics. I mean, that, that's a lot of wear and tear. It doesn't seem like much. Four years, you know, you'd be around as long as I have. Four years is a blip in your life. That's and right. You can sustain some lifelong in, in, uh, uh, injuries yeah. as a result of playing in college. That's right. And and I think, I think college players should be compensated i guess i can say that i think they should be compensated for their for their play right agreed well and, and you know and it's and, and the not use of their likeness and they, the use of their likeness yes. in video games that's exactly that's exactly what i was going to say yeah
1: it's not mm-hmm. just for what they do on the field but their images are used and their jerseys are sold and then the mm-hmm. revenue that's made from that alone is is like where is the fair compensation for that and um yeah so it's excellent that i feel like you know a lot of these things are coming to the forefront now let because Logan and I talk about this all the time. Sometimes the best way to start a conversation about something that's uncomfortable to talk about is through Mm -hmm. entertainment, is to do it in a way that entertains people and that will bring people together. And what did Logan say? What did you say the other day? Be comfortable comfortable with
0: being being uncomfortable. uncomfortable.
1: There you go.
2: Wow, yes. So thank you,
0: thank you, thank
1: you. And entertainment is the way to do that, right? Because you're going to get a lot of people to go see that movie, and then people are going to talk because they're going to talk yeah. about that movie, where they might not just sit down and say their opinions
2: about whether athletes should get paid or not, right? But You know, and I think a lot of people haven't really had a chance to think about it. I mean, we're that's all right. very, you know— uh, you know, uh, d- involved in our own lives. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to think about college athletes whether they should be compensated. We think they all go to the NFL and earn millions. That's no, right. Actually, a very very small percentage of them actually make it through to the next level. But that that isn't even really the issue. The issue is, are they being fairly compensated for their play and their images? And you know, and I think uh, I think this film will definitely spur the conversation uh, that. That we need to have, and the Supreme Court has just recently ruled on an aspect of yeah. this of this question. That's right. You know, so they should they will be compensated going forward for the use of their likeness and, and, and their name.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's such a relevant time with that just being like brought up and talked about. And but I also think, I mean, bringing it up, and now that we're deep into it, that situations that happened prior. To this coming to the forefront should probably be reversed. Like for example, Reggie Bush's Heisman trophies <laughs> at USC. The man should get them back, and he should have his titles and his records reclaimed. I'm just saying.
2: I said that just recently, I said Reggie Bush. First of all, he should never gave them up. Exactly. That's right. Because it, it had nothing to do with what he did on the at field
0: at all, nothing at all.
2: You know, he's the one that dodged all those tackles and made all those touchdowns. That's right. And he did it
0: beautifully. Yep. Yep. You know, and
2: uh, so I, I, I think somebody, I think somebody at the Heisman Association or whatever it's called should give him back his doggone trophies. Agree.
1: Exactly. Agree. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So all right so your character
1: is evil and we might not like him but we like <laughs> but you we like you, you, you. we like you, <laughs> you <sit there.
2: laughs>
1: So I got to ask though cuz they, they you brought up the cast and oh my gosh this cast is freaking phenomenal but is JK Simmons as intimidating as he seems because I can not ever since Whiplash I just can't get that guy out of my head about slapping me down like I'm like holy shit and now he's all buffing stuff like what is it like sitting across from that guy going yes sir yes sir <laughs> <I'd be laughs> You
2: know, I I, uh, I got to tell you, he is the nicest guy. See, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and he he is an amazing actor to see it up close. Mm-hmm. I mean, to see it right here in your face as he was, you know, just a foot or two away from me in, in several scenes. Right. Uh, I got a really good chance to watch him work. And I had never seen an actor work quite like he does mm-hmm. and and i say this as respectfully as i possibly can he takes the text from the script and he just rips on it he knows yeah. what the intent is yeah right he just rips on it and he'll work his way around to
0: your cue right <laughs> <laughs> like
2: you sit there waiting like
0: okay when you're like I where I do, I, do I, I come in <laughs>
2: Uh, But, you know, he's a trained theater professional, so I I don't think it's about the lines, but, you know, it's just a different uh, approach Mm -hmm. to the work. You know, when Tony Winters gets the job, trust me, I'm I'm work
0: perfect. Right.
2: (laughs) I I know every line (laughs) that these guys are paying me to learn. I can't pull that just yet. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Right.
2: But you can
1: watch and learn, though. Right. That's another great thing about being on these movies and being with these people is like. The, the learning experience and what you can take away from that stuff is just invaluable,
2: right? And also in that film is uh, Christian Chenoweth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tim Oliphant. Oh. Uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Yes, so many. Uh, it's, it's an amazing cast. It's the most amazing cast since I was in a movie – Thirty years ago, called sneakers. Mm-hmm. Robert Redford, Sydney Poitier, Dan yes. Aykroyd, River Phoenix, blah blah blah. Yep, yep. That was the most amazing cast until <laughs> <laughs> champions. Oh man,
1: Olafin! I've been such a fan of his since Justified. I just I watched that show and was like, this guy's got something, you know.
2: And kudos to Favro. We did a film together ten years ago called The Crazies. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm in The Crazies. I played the town pastor, and. uh he he finds me after having been attacked by one of the crazies on a gun, <laughs> and he pulls off the the uh, the sheet, and my eyes are sewn shut, and my mouth is sewn shut, and the only thing I can manage to say is "Behind you!" Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> boy! He goes
1: around and has this great fight scene, right? But, yeah.
0: It's
1: pretty impressive with your mouth like sewn oh,
2: yeah. shut to be able to say it, right? Like.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And this, uh, your film is coming out the end of November, right? What specific date again?
2: November twenty fourth, Thanksgiving weekend. Yes. Okay,
0: that's a good weekend to open. Exactly. That's a good weekend to open. Exactly. A great
2: weekend, man. And you know, I, I this that I'll tell you this, and I, I'm I'm not blowing smoke, guys. I'm really not. I, I I would I would not have I would not be here if I didn't really really believe in this film. When I was reading the script. I was blown away. I said, "This is the the best script I've ever read. Ooh. It is the best film script I've ever read." Yeah. Because, first of all, again, going harkening back to earlier in our conversation, I, I'm a theater guy, right? You mm-hmm. know, and it and it and it reads like a serious drama on the stage, mm. almost. You know, yeah. And uh, so I was on the edge of my seat, just turning pages, man. That's awesome. And uh, and Rick Romanois, the director. One of the reasons I was hesitant, Dustin, about directing was because the director has to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. And Rick Romanois is the smartest guy (laughs) in the (laughs) room. This dude, I mean, generally, you know, directors have their have their uh, strengths. Mm -hmm. They either are, you know, about your performance or they're about camera Mm -hmm. and angles and lighting and that sort of thing. Uh, because once you've been cast, they generally don't even, you know, bother with you about your performance. Right. They already know you can do that. Right. They're over here. But Rick, man, he would talk to you about your character and his background and, and your motivations and your objectives. And he'd turn on a dime and, and talk to the gaffer guy about (laughs) lighting or the, you know uh, the the sound guy and the and the lens. What kind of lens we're going to use to cover this? And what how oh, many people wow. are going to have with this? He was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. I was I, I was in awe just watching him. And so. that's rare to
1: find the, the, both yeah. in one guy, right? Like that's why we're yeah. a team. Yes, <laughs> very much, very much talent performance, very much camera lighting angles, and we work really well. So to find one that's got both in one, it's like good for him, man. <laughs> Are you are you guys
0: brothers? No, he's are actually you? my father-in-law. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he actually
1: met my daughter, you know, through the company. We we used to work together in uh, broadcast news, so we met at a television station, and uh-huh. and so that's how we, how we met. And then it just kind of the whole production company and film stuff just kind of. Introduced long.
2: him to your daughter.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow! Yeah, yeah, that is the highest praise you know you can get, Dustin. <laughs> right? Exactly. That's right. That's right. Uh, introduce you to his daughter, his his his, his the the his heart. That's the right.
0: Piece Yeah, it's a, you with her love. It's a big family affair, man. It's nothing but family. Like we love it.
2: That's awesome. As a miserably, as a happily divorced, miserably single guy. <laughs> that's me that's me so i'm happy for him i'm like (laughs) i'm like don't do to her
1: (laughs) so oh my goodness man you have been an absolute joy to talk to and i tell you what the enthusiasm that you have speaking about the movie and just your smile is infectious man we we have had such a great time talking to you um and such great advice for the up-and-comers and how your path got you to where you are and just like it's just been a just a good time man and open invite anytime you want to come back we'd love to have you on whether it's to promote something or just shoot the shit or join us for the top 5 we do a top 5 segment every week on the show just whatever man open invite and
2: i am a crazy ant eater <laughs> yes
1: yes that's right we're going to have to send you an honorary crazy ant t-shirt we've got him man we'll send you up <laughs> let's make it happen
0: Cap. let's do it that's great and it's all about social media now so where can people follow you
2: uh yeah i'm on um Twitter, Tony Winters, 128. Okay. Tony Winters, 128. I'm on uh, Instagram as Pretty Tony
0: Winters. There you go. That Mercedes Benz right there, that pretty Mercedes <laughs> Benz. <laughs>
2: it's Muhammad Ali thing,
1: yeah. you know? I'm so pretty. That's right. So pretty. That's <laughs> I love that you know all my references. Yeah. I love a guy that knows all my I'm usually too old.
2: <laughs> we get to all these young guys, and I'm just yeah, loving yeah. this. <laughs> I hate to digress again. I know we're wrapping up. You're here. good. But you know who I, you, who I met, Logan? Oh. Um About two, three weeks ago. Who's that? Mike freaking Tyson. What? Oh my gosh! Whoa. Yes. <laughs> I was at an event, and I was with a lady friend of mine, and she said, "Tony, don't look now, but Mike Tyson is sitting." Oh there. shit! I said, "Get out of here!" I said, "I'm going to meet Mike Tyson." Right. <laughs> I'm meet this restaurant. I know people in Beverly Hills don't do that, but. Doggone it, I was gonna do it. That's right. So at a at a certain point I saw him standing talking to various people at the table. And I said, now's my moment. I walked over and I said, hey champ, I appreciate what you do and where you and what you've done. Yeah. And uh, we dapped each other. He said, thanks, brother.
1: And I was like, I've met Mike (laughs) Tyson. All right, so that's an epic story because we share that in common. Now get this. I met Mike Tyson too, but not in that kind of a way. Not anything nearly as cool. This was long before my entertainment career or any of this kind of great stuff I do now. I was managing a clothing store, a Nautica clothing store, and it was just outside Memphis. And it was when he was in Memphis to fight Lennox Lewis. And him and his crew just rolled up into the store. And I was, like, shitting on myself. I'm like, is that really fucking Mike Tyson walking up into my store right now? And sure, he walks in, and I'm like... I can't believe this. Like, he was the coolest dude ever. His crew just spent, like, the of money, and he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like you. I mean, this guy was my guy, man, this, like, undefeated, just, like, the most vicious. A- and I just yeah. was in total awe. But he was very polite, very cordial, like, nice to meet you, very glad nice. you're a fan, nice. so appreciative that you follow me, and, like, all this kind of – and I was just like – Wow, <laughs> so that's a story to tell, right? Like, I mean, right. that's a lifetime yeah, well,
2: story. story it's just as cool as mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we got that in count. We are cool like that. You know, we me us and Mike. We'll roll. You know,
0: <laughs> you experienced individuals. Facebook. You
2: can find me on Facebook, gentlemen. I'm uh, the Tony Winters. I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of them, but I'm there. <laughs> we'll
0: Facebook. find you. Fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day, and uh, we'll be in contact soon, man. We appreciate you.
2: I look forward to it, Dustin Logan. You guys have a wonderful evening and happy
0: holidays to you all.
1: Yes, you too. Take care, buddy. All right. All right. right, Bye-bye.
0: I know. Oh, right. Man, oh man, was he fucking epic.
1: I mean, just the, with that smile and yes. the enthusiasm that he has, you could just tell this is a guy who loves what he does yeah. and is just like, oh my gosh, yeah, what a
0: blast. Right? So many good stories and we could have dived so much deeper into all of them because I've he truly enjoys the craft. Everything about filmmaking, he is down for it. And I mean, he also like can tell when other people are passionate about it as well, so I think that is really important. Exactly. And, and and for all you
1: listeners out there, just uh, – we can't stress enough. Pay attention. Get on a set. Yeah. Take a job that will get you near a set. Always be on your best behavior. You never know <laughs> you who never you're know. talking to, right? All that stuff. Listen to what Tony
0: Winter said. Do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you again, Mr. Winters, for coming on the show. Alrighty, mate. It is now time for the top five segment. Did we go down under all we, of a sudden? We, we went, went down under. All right. Okay. Okay. So it... the top five this week is non-crime documentaries. Yeah. And, damn it, man. What, I, Jason? I watch documentaries for fucking murder porn. I know. True, okay? true
1: crime documentaries are like the thing. But no, our producer says documentaries – Non crime. Yeah. You know how hard this was, guys, but we did it we, and I think we'd made good choices. We made it work,
0: man. All right. We All really right. made it work. Uh, so, number five for me was like huge about a year ago, freaking with. All the stuff happened in the pandemic. We were glued to our phones. So Netflix put out this documentary called The Social Dilemma Mm. to show us how social media platforms and social media companies actually target us to get more attracted to these platforms and stay so entrenched on our phones and how they also calculate that algorithm to how we're going to live our lives, basically. It's kind of terrifying when you, like, go deep into it and watch it. Um, But that's why I just... We use it for company and personal. It doesn't matter how many likes you get. It doesn't matter how many people view your videos or anything like that. It is for your own amusement and for your own reasons. Do not think about anyone else when you are posting it. It is all for you. But that's why number five for me is the social dilemma because it is definitely – A deep look at our society nowadays did you ever watch it i did and i agree with you
1: wholeheartedly i think it's and there's been a book that that was written kind of along that same lines but i do think it's important to realize what social media is and why you should use it or not use it and so yeah that's a great choice man my number five answers the question of why there was no sleep till brooklyn yes (laughs) i'm old school guys i fucking love the beastie boys you know i love the beastie boys so i was thrilled when this documentary hit apple beastie boys story uh the remaining two beastie boys rest in peace my man uh this is a brilliant documentary it's basically like a stage show they're on stage and they're recounting the story of the beastie boys how they were formed how they got to where they are their downfall their resurgence um the death obviously um it's brilliant. It's like a comedy show, but then it's a drama. It's serious. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to fucking jam out because it's the Beastie Boys. And they do it in these great never-before-seen footage, you know, behind-the-scenes clips, old movies and old stories and everything. If you're a Beastie Boys fan, you have to fucking watch this documentary. It's absolutely brilliant, and I I just think, Yeah, you can't not miss it if you're a Beastie Boys fan. I cried. I'm not even going to lie. I straight up cried and laughed and jammed.
0: Right? (laughs) I mean, you know, the Beastie Boys story. Check it out on Apple, man. It is good, man. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, Number four for me uh, was an HBO Max original and – Somebody who I just really had no idea about. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had no idea about any of her songs. I had heard some of her songs before, but (laughs) had no idea they were her. And, I mean, you always hear the name. You hear the name, Ike and Tina. Ike and Tina. But I learned more about it in her original documentary for HBO Max, Tina. Got to learn all about all the shit that happened in the past with Ike and then her coming back when she's, like, late 40s, 50s and becoming, like, her own name for herself. 80s baby like I mean rocking and rolling and just basically the the when they made the film about her life too how that was so traumatic and she didn't even want to watch it so have you watched that yet what's no, love got to do with it please,
1: please 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 watch
0: it need to Lawrence
1: fishburne and angela bassett holy fucking shit it is absolutely brilliant and you will be scared shitless of ike turner yeah get in the fucking car in mate. get in the car i was like oh shit yeah. okay i can see why tina did not want to watch it it was like and i can't wait i haven't watched the documentary yet so i'm really pumped to watch that because i loved the film yeah. i just okay
0: i just love learning more about people's lives and i yeah. mean this was such a great uh like open book to her life so i always appreciate that Mm. Mm.
1: yeah i gotta check that one out my number four (laughs) and i think we both agree on this my number four is about is about the unfinished film the unfinished final film right Uh, of of a legendary legendary citizen Kane director orson welles his last film now, they tried to finish that last film, Oof. and it was bad. It was it bad. It sucked. It was awful. I feel horrible for the legacy there. But this documentary about the unfinished so good. film so. was fucking brilliant. It's a great look into Orson Welles' lives and the process of how he makes films and the whole just twisted crazy shit that he went through, becoming the youngest, most famous director ever, and then trying to follow up on that and all the kind of crazy shit. Um, It's a brilliant documentary and it gives you glimpses into some other brilliant young filmmakers that were warped into that world with him at that time. Um, If you haven't checked this out, definitely check this one out. I think it's still on Netflix. Uh, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. And sure enough, he became even more iconic after his death. So, um, yeah, definitely check this one out. They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. It's
0: brilliant. It really is, man. It really is. And something else that's brilliant, and I love ESPN for doing it, they're 30 for 30 documentaries, because my next two definitely come from that batch and the number three is the detroit bad boys man bad boys <laughs> i mean this team was fucking crazy i will say coming up in the era uh right just literally right before the 90s bulls and man, the jordan rules the jordan rules, The jordan 90s rules, bulls it's still like one of those unanswered things like when they lost that conference game before going to the championship like series when they walked off court before the game was even over and didn't shake anybody's hands walked right past them um but i always hold a special place in my heart for isaiah thomas because he is an indiana hoosier iu and but that team, man, they were some shady motherfuckers.
1: Yeah, the the, the, <laughs> the Jordan rules with Bill Laimbeer it was basically, if anybody's unfamiliar with that era, the Jordan rules were like, if he goes into the paint, beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Like, they they made it perfectly clear. Bill Laimbeer was a big white boy center, and they had these guys, and that was called the Jordan rules. He gets in the paint. Beat the shit out of him. Yeah, like elbow him, punch him, do whatever. Take the foul, take the foul. And I'm just like, fuck. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like you thought Shaq, you know Hack-a-Shack was bad. Fuck that. The Jordan rules were even like crazy. Like that's a great pick, man. And, it and really yeah, is. if you don't know the story of the Detroit Pistons back then, you should definitely check that out. Right. Some crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Bill Laimbeer was a scary motherfucker. I'm just gonna say it. He was scary. My number three. Because I'm old as dirt, and I love these guys anyway, and I was there for the disco era, and then the end of the disco era, and all the brilliance of these guys, but this documentary so many things that I did I had no fucking idea that Barry Gibb wrote Islands in the Stream for Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton right like what the fuck but I learned that with this my number three pick and it is called The Bee Gees How Can You Mend a Broken Heart which by the way one of their huge songs obviously but it tells the story of the Brothers Gibb um, and how the Bee Gees phenomena happened you know they didn't start off with that high voice singing stuff that came when they were starting to lose sales and they weren't hitting and everything and he was just trying something new and then they realized what the fuck that sounds pretty funny and then it just boom capitalized on it um it also goes into the death of andy gibb and did you know that andy gibb was going to become a member of the bgs to try to save his career and get him out of the drug addiction and stuff they were going to bring him into the group and that never happened because unfortunately he died before that could happen um it goes into how Barry is feeling with the loss of his two brothers and being the only surviving member. It's just if you love the BGs' music, if you love – That era, if I mean, it's much like the Beatles, like we were talking about earlier. It it defined the music industry and changed the course of the music industry for an extremely long time. I mean, they dominated forever. And when they were no longer dominated, they dominated by behind the scenes, by creating hit after hit after hit for other people. So um, it's amazing. And I, I think you should definitely check that one out, too. The Bee Gees, How
0: to Mend a Broken Heart. Yes, man, of course, of course. Still got to watch that one as well. Yeah. Um, Number two goes to another 30 for 30 ESPN documentary, Winning Time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks and Spike Lee. Because, man, (laughs) oh, man, this was always just an epic series throughout this, like – three or four year progressions mm-hmm. these two always met up in like the conference finals championship and i mean just their their interactions going back and forth and just i mean during this whole whole series and this whole like rivalry we got that epic freaking moment with reggie miller scoring like nine points or something in like 12 mm. seconds or some stupid shit cuz he is just one of the best three-point shooters of all time and of course you guys know I'm an Indiana boy so I got to rep the Indiana Pacers but and we watch this shit in like history class every year because it was Indiana history Uh, just
1: happened this man just happened to have a little live with with your boy too I did I did he called me the
0: next freaking Steven Spielberg (laughs) I still have that video saved hell yeah oh my god it's such an amazing moment for me but yeah that's why number two for me winning time Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks will always hold a near and dear place to my heart because he he was Indianapolis for Hell so long. Hell yeah,
1: man. Hell yeah. And his sister wasn't too bad either. No. I'm just saying <laughs> Cheryl she, man. Yeah, she she fucking WNBA like superstar and female and uh like college player. Just like what a great family. Right. Uh so speaking of transitioning into the filmmaking, right? Because we're filmmakers, and, and these two documentaries—my number two and my number one—heavily influenced. And if you guys have been following along with our series that we're working on, the Ravens' Vision, this documentary plays heavily into my thought process and my belief process into crafting this series that we're working on. It's uh, from way back 2003, way way back, and that is a while ago. Way back, you know. It's called A Decade Under the Influence. Mm. Now what this is about the decade of the seventies and the storyteller. And it highlights filmmakers that came up through that era, like Dennis Hopper and Martin Scorsese and Peter Bogdanovich and, and so many legends in that era that like recrafted the new age of Hollywood, where it was more about storytelling and more about, and as you guys know, that's like a big thing. And on my side of the Ravens vision and, um, these guys were just like, they changed the game, man. They Peter did. Bogdanovich and Scorsese and just like Francis Ford Coppola and Dennis Hopper, man. It just, you go back and you watch any films from that era. And that's what I was teasing earlier, too, about the Orson Welles one. Bogdanovich and everything were like around that era. Citizen Kane and like, you know, they were up and comers underneath Orson Welles. Um, It's a brilliant documentary. If you really love old school filmmaking and storytelling and the way it should be done, watch that documentary. It's called A Decade Under the Influence. Brilliant.
0: Very good, man. Very good. And before heading over to my number one pick, which is an Oscar winner, by the way, um, we got to mention Side by Side with Keanu Reeves comparing digital filmmaking with film filmmaking. And I'm, man, oh, man, just amazing. You had the Steven Spielbergs and the Christopher Nolans and Martin Scorsese's all comparing all these different types of filmmaking, you get deep into like the technology of how it is all done in Hollywood and it was just absolutely worth it especially if you're very interested in the entertainment world like we are so if you haven't seen that one side by side
1: Great Minds because that was totally my honorable mention to be put on the list too I almost put it there too because it's so good definitely, and it's not what you would expect from Keanu Reeves like, but it's
0: really fucking fantastic. Agreed man agreed, but my number one goes to My Octopus Teacher. If you guys haven't watched this it is just so good it's very heartwarming it's about this guy who scuba dives goes deep sea swimming like every single day goes back to this reef every single day and actually builds this like human bond with this octopus and like they I don't want to say teach each other about communication well kind of they kind of teach each other about communication and how everybody should respect each other's space at first and then you become very communal able to grow closer and closer Uh, but one thing I just did not like about it every time sharks came he didn't didn't want to interfere with mother nature so he would let motherfucking sharks like beat up his boy and like come after his octopus I'm like, bro, what the fuck? He, like, shoo those bitches away! And I mean, he watched like this whole octopus's life progress, and I mean, and until it died, and watched it like get attacked multiple times. But I mean, it's a very heartwarming documentary. I feel like a lot of people would enjoy it. So that's why number one Oscar winner, my octopus teacher. Go check mm. it out on Netflix.
1: Damn, yeah, that's a good. I haven't watched that. I've got to check that you out. Now to. I definitely want to check that out. Um. <clears throat> Wow, I've got, I
0: know. Me too. Me I've been too.
1: Raspy all show. Um, my number one is again film industry and everything. And I was actually a young man when I when I saw this. Um, it was f- just it made me even more so want to get into this industry and build be a filmmaker. It's about the legendary studio MGM, uh, and it, it was basically the rise and the eventual starting of the fall of the of the studio system in Hollywood. Right, uh, Louis B. Mayer and Irving Thalberg and all that went into that grand uh, grandiose studio system days of of the golden age of hollywood it's called mgm when the lion roars um it's it's actually an extended documentary it's like a six part documentary and it was hosted by patrick stewart badass yes, right yeah. there like at the height of his star trek the next generation fame um And it just goes from the beginning of the RKO RKO Studio days into MGM and uh, the golden boy Irving Thalberg. If you guys have ever watched The Last Tycoon – you know, uh, Monroe Star is based on Irving Thalberg and that relationship between him and Louis B. Mayer. Um, but it, it, it does not shy away from the controversy of what went on with Louis B. Mayer and somehow how he treated the women under contract with him and the different things. But if you want to know the history of Hollywood and old school studios and how that system broke down, the transition from talkies to, to I mean, from silent to talkies and everything, this is the documentary for you. It is absolutely fucking brilliant. And if you want to be a filmmaker, you should try to find this and watch it because it's outstanding, man. Agreed, agreed.
0: And we want to know what is your favorite non-crime documentary? <laughs> Please be sure to comment in the YouTube comment section or be sure to add us on Twitter because we love the fan interaction. We love hearing about it. Yes. So, heading over to the box office recap. By no surprise, Marvel does it again. Uh, number one was The Eternals with $71.3 million. Yes. Uh, number two was Dune with $7.8 million Number three was No Time to Die with $6 million. Number four was Venom, Let There Be Carnage with $4.5 million. And number five was Ron's Gone Wrong with $3.6 million.
1: And for all you haters out there, it's going to be number one again this week. It is. So. Just saying. Sorry, just
0: Marvel. Saying. Uh, movies <laughs> that came out this week that you can go see. Clifford the Bid red Dog, that one is mass, mass theatrical change, so you can go basically anywhere to see that one, and it's on Paramount+. Plus. Um, Apex, Belfast, Night Riders, Night Raiders, and Ghostbusters and Afterlife is coming out next week, yeah. so stay tuned for that. I can't one. wait to see that one. Me too, me too. Movies you can still go see right now are The French Dispatch, Halloween Kills, Spencer, Antlers, and Last Night in Soho. They're, I want to see The French Dispatch and Last Night in Soho.
1: Mm, me I, too. I, I definitely And want Spencer.
0: To see it. I heard Spencer was good too. <sighs> I know. I know you don't. I mean I – I mean, mean I,
1: I want to see it. I'm just – I'm conflicted. You're terrified. You're I, terrified.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, heading over to the IMDb Pro top trending segment. You guys know we predicted this last week and it wasn't hard to predict. I'm just going to say. The top trending movie – is the Eternals yeah, everybody's I mean, talking duh. about it? And I mean, of course, with uh, Disney Plus Day, Marvel everywhere. So, I mean, just wait 45 days, it's gonna be on Disney Plus. It's fine, yes. Um, top trending TV show is still you, everybody's talking about that shit, still looking in their uh closets to make sure no creepy <laughs> boyfriends are looking at them. And the top trending star is Ruby O'Fee,
1: yeah. That's uh, for remember, Zach uh, Snyder's um. Zombie pick on Netflix with Dave Bautista and stuff. This is the uh, prequel series – that's why she's trending right now because the prequel series is about to hit, and apparently, so that's why she's trending.
0: Fun stuff, man. Yeah, fun man. stuff. Well, thank you guys for getting crazy on episode 181 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest one more time, Tony Winners, for coming on the show. Yes, rocking and rolling. We love that interview. I mean, that f- smile, man, so infectious. Like and you your said. shirt's on the way, buddy. It really is. It really is. We got to make sure everybody follows him though on Twitter. It's Tony 128. Yes, and on Instagram, it's Pretty. Tony Winners, So be sure to check that out. You guys know you can follow the company and podcasts on social media at Podcast and at CrazyAntMedia on all social media platforms. And you guys know you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself, at JLoFantastic, and
1: and at CrazyAntGuy1970.
0: That's right, buddy. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, so much more, <laughs> guys. We're anywhere and everywhere and if you're watching this video on youtube be sure to hit that like button on the video subscribe to the channel and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of crazy and media we appreciate everyone who does so And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. Like we said, be sure to be following our accounts so you can know when the promos are, where you can put the things underneath the Christmas tree. We're going to have teddy bears here soon, guys. I'm
1: serious, guys. You can deck the halls with all Crazy Ant stuff. You can get you a Crazy Ant Christmas T-shirt. You can get a Santa hat. Like There's so much stuff.
0: It's so exciting. So (laughs) freaking exciting. Head over to our website now, crazyantmedia.com. Start rocking it and I mean it's time it's time to reflect on the show it was so great I felt like it was just so good obviously talking about all of the Disney Plus stuff. I mean, stuff. seriously. Come on now. I'm most excited for Moon Knight and Obi-Wan. Those things, I'm just like, oh my god. I just really am excited to learn more about the Moon Knight character, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was pumped about those, obviously.
1: But I got to tell you, the two that really like got me fired up and I was super excited about are Hawkeye and She-Hulk. Yeah. I, did, I loved the previews for those, and I think I'm just like freaking fucking pumped for those. Yeah. Freaking fucking. I That's freaking like, fucking. that is serious excitement right there. Exactly,
0: <laughs> man. Exactly. And of course, the top five, and of course, the interview. Yeah. I mean, so fucking great.
1: I mean, this has been a phenomenal show, but I can't believe a show this packed with all of this news, and not one time did we mention the only O that matters.
0: Sadly, but we are remiss to do so, so we will do so now. You guys know, we love her. Oprah! Oprah!